What is up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horton. This is this is Pro Wrestling, the uh, show celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy edition of the greatest sport of all time. Of course, we're talking about professional wrestling. And as always, I am joined by uh, Will Martin. Hey, Will. Hey. I was trying to think of something ever to say beforehand, but I had to. Ah, no worries. Also, Joe Martin, who didn't even know we were going live until he just showed up right now on screen, and I had hit the button. It's Doctor Rob Stinson. Hey, y'all, uh, how's it going? Ooh. Oh, oh, we're going for that vibe tonight. Okay, that feels good. We're gonna be chill tonight. Right. We're gonna be chill tonight. Hey, hey man, they call me Silent Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if you if you saw the uh, post, we're going to be uh, talking about a little wrestling news. We don't have like a lot to talk about necessarily. Which whatever's really on your minds, that's what Sunday nights are all about. It's just hanging out with our bros for the rest of our lives. We're just trying to, <laughs> yeah. <Whoa. laughs> oh, whoa, we got him. We got him. What just happened there? Uh, we got him. <laughs> I got to him. Rest of his life. I love this. Sam, uh, I, just, I got maybe I got maybe a year, maybe two left of this, bro. Then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Ricky Donna in the chat already, just like busting it out. If you could oh. go back 20 years ago, what would you say to a young Brian Danielson as encouragement and discouragement? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> out of nowhere. I, but I'm I love mentally it. ready. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Is I there, would say. First of all, you said. Hey, oh, go ahead, Will. Keep, I'd say, hey man, you got this. You know? Yeah. I'd say I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, just as far as discouragement goes, I'd be like, look, man, haters are gonna hate. They're just gonna hate. They're going to. And as far as encouragement goes, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then you could yes. take credit for that whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, Would you like flex capacitor, man? What can Ooh. I possibly say to Daniel or Brian Danielson? Like, what could you? Uh, you know what I mean? To discourage like, him? I'd be like, I'd be like, you never, you never, you never reached that pinnacle, man. You never won the NWA title <laughs> <laughs> yet. You came you're too close. short. You came close. You're too, sh- you're too short. Came up a yeah. little shout. Oh, he's too Nailed short. It. Next Egg question. Came up a little short. I like that. All right. Well, uh, next question. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Ryan Romano also pointing out Thunder Rosa will be live on Pro Wrestling Junkies on Facebook tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for a virtual Q&A. So nice. there you go. Front row with Tele. by the way, watch the bro kick. So uh, there you go. That's a, that's for that quick loss. That. Almost like turned things around for him. I think that was a really good moment actually for Daniel Bryan because I think after that point everybody was just like, "What are you guys doing? WWE sucks!" And then they turned on the company in favor of him, and it got him to yeah. The- that always works. Yeah. Anyway, that's not how I intended to start off this this evening, but here we are. That just uh, yeah. felt good. So anyway, how how are you guys doing? How, how's the chat doing? How are you guys doing? Front row, Ryan, Ricky Donna, Terry. It's good to see all of you. Dave, Scooby, of course, is who I'm talking about. 
we are we in the Martin household are in potty training mode with our toddler, and it has been a challenge. I don't have a lot of patience, so Rob, none of your bullshit tonight, because um, I just don't have I don't have the margin mentally for it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's all good, man. We're 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 getting there. It's just you know day two of potty training. So if you hear a toddler screaming in the background, it's because we're trying to make him use the toilet, and I'm ready to never change a diaper again. So that's where I've been. But I am. Stoked to be here talking about pro wrestling, my favorite thing to do. So, yeah, but that's how I'm doing. No, that's good, man. It's potty training, right? It's right, hard, right. man. Here's the thing: like every now and again, I'll have boys. Every now and again, I have girls. You know what I'm saying? I've got I've got boys and girls, and, and uh, boys are hard, man. They're hard with potty training. Girls do it. They, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. My me. <laughs> Me, I didn't potty train until I was about 13 years old. About 13 years old, I finally <laughs> quit wetting the bed. That's that's facts. All right. Now, I um, you. Piper, it's just Piper open. stopped wetting the bed at about nine months. About nine months, 10 months, she was already wanting to get. We had a little potty, little itty bitty toilet sitting by the commode. She already wanted to do it. Petra's just now starting to figure that out. She's hit or miss, but just uh, just uh, you know, it is what it is, Will. I mean, you uh, fight the good fight, man. You might be in it for another. How old is your oldest? Your oldest is twelve. About like twelve. He, you may be in it for at least another year with him. Your youngest man, uh, <laughs> you know. We got that it one. Might be a long, it might be a long ride, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So really, tonight is about anyone in the chat. If you have advice, for potty training. Let's just open up the floor. I, I'm an open book. Uh, the fold lines are open. Gary's like, um, I don't know. I take all my kids outside to go to the bathroom. Yeah, all, all my, my kids all my are dogs. Kids. So <laughs> maybe I should I'm, try that. I'm the odd man out here. No, no litlands. Sounds good. That's not mine. That's that's Rob's. Oh, that's Rob's. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. I'm like, I'm over here like, what the? I thought she was down already. She might be coming in here. Hold on. Let me mute this. <laughs> We're live, everybody. This is what we Woo! do here. So, uh, you know. Uh, dad mode, never, never. You can never turn it off. Oh, man. I, uh, let's see. Ryder Ravana knows Petra. Petra! That's how I read that. <laughs> uh, Whiskey Gary may or may not be potty trained, says Front Row. <laughs> Well, uh, one piece of news I did want to bring up here that uh, since we're starting this thing out, we're already seven and seven and a half, eight minutes in. And we haven't really talked about anything wrestling related except promoting people's shows that aren't ours. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Scooby was in Philly this weekend, he says. He had cheesesteaks and drove by the old ECW arena. So that's Nice. nice. That's good. Uh, oh, also, let's not forget Mission Pro Wrestling coming up on May the 1st. Thunder Rosa versus David LaGreca apparently happening. And uh, who does the bearded trio have on that match? I don't have. I, I know that Thunder Rosa is going to whip that ass personally, and I'm going to be there. To <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, well, it's not really a question. Are, are they are they wrestling or are they talking on the radio? Because that, that'll sway my answer. <laughs> They're definitely uh, not talking on the radio. At some okay, point. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I think uh, 
David LaGreca had a great run, man. He had a great run. <laughs> and then he made one, one, <laughs> one mistake, <laughs> just one. And that was all it took. Yeah. Oh, the uh, piece of news I was going to bring up is this was the first week where AEW and WWE, or sorry, NXT, I guess I should say, they don't really put like a lot of WWE branding on NXT for uh, better or worse. Uh, the NXT and AEW Wednesday Night War officially was ended. NXT debuted on Tuesday night, and AEW was went unopposed on Wednesday night. And everybody was really surprised. Uh, this is according to Wade Keller over at Pro Wrestling Torch. AEW Dynamite drew 1.219 million viewers on Wednesday night. Uh, on its first Wednesday night since the uh, NXT moved to Tuesday nights. Uh, the total viewership of both shows was 1.456 million uh, AEW drew 84% of those viewers to their show. NXT also increased its debut Tuesday night time slot to 805,000 viewers, the highest viewership ever for that show. Uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, and the highest number since last October. NXT only drew more than 800,000 viewers once in 2020. Uh, AEW drew more than 1.2 million viewers only for its very first episode in 2019 in October. Uh, and when adding in seven days of delayed viewership, AEW has only ever drawn 1.2 million or more once this year, four times at the start of 2020 uh, and four out of its first seven weeks back in 2019. But AEW Wednesday night, number two among all cable shows uh, in the 18 to 49 demographic. And uh, this is just uh, one year ago this week, AEW was drawing 683,000 viewers. So that was like they more than doubled that, really, right? So anyway, or almost. So uh, that's pretty incredible, right? Good for AEW, yeah. good for NXT. Just, uh, I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts. Is this, you, you feel like this is a permanent thing or did... Were people just more interested this week for some reason in AEW, or what? what what's the deal there? I, I mean, I think next week will be the big tell for that um, to see if if those viewers stick around. I mean, that's the name of the game. I mean, a lot of people jump over. I mean, I, you know, it's tough for because we're we're not really in that group. You know what I mean? Like, we don't really hitch our wagon to either of those promotions. But I don't know if like the NXT faithful, just out of curiosity or out of habit, you know, they wanted to watch wrestling on Wednesday night. So they just watched AEW and that contributed. Um, or if it was just legitimately, you know, going to be their numbers from now on. I mean, either way, I mean, we said this a couple months back when they talked about changing up nights and running unopposed, it's good for wrestling. I mean, it's good for, you know, to spread it out. And, and I know competition's cool and the Monday night wars are this big epic thing uh, that's cool to look back on. But I feel like right now in wrestling, it's, it's just better to let everyone win. I mean, it's, it's good for pro wrestling in general for, NXT and AEW to have increased viewership. So I, I'm cool with it. I like it. It's a, it's a positive thing for me, but yeah, we'll see next week, you know, if those, if those stay the same or what happens. Yeah. I think the uh, one week is hard to tell just because uh, of the novelty of it. Um, you know, we'll see next week and then everything that will said, I, I would echo. I think when viewership increases, the whole industry wins. So, 
Yeah, I, I think that's cool. Uh, but do you, I guess you kind of gave your, showed your hand there, but do you think that Vince McMahon is at all kicking himself for letting Chris Jericho on the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Cold, Cold Sessions, like <laughs> just like last week and then <laughs> this week it, uh, it, it turned around for him? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think I think the tides might be changing a little bit, you know. And we're not the biggest Vince McMahon fans, and that's fine. He doesn't care what, what we think. We're just three NWA fans talking on the internet. But you know, it, it does <laughs> seem like every bless you it does seem <laughs> like he's <laughs> right into that mic, Rob, and then he <laughs> muted it. Um, but it does seem like things I'm are opening up a little stuff. bit. Things are opening up a little bit, and this you know pandemic's been tough on everyone and you know i would hope that maybe vince is softening up a little bit that might sound crazy uh to think about but you know maybe he see he's starting to see the value in you know opening up and and creating some synergy i don't think we're ever going to see you know anytime soon i don't think we're going to see aew show up at a wwe pay-per-view or vice versa but uh i think i think some of the things are getting a little more relaxed which is good again for the whole business yeah, um, I I think that maybe that uh, uh, I don't know about Vince, but I think maybe Vince's handlers are probably more open and uh, conducive to things. Vince probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like Biden. <laughs> Sorry, can I say that? <laughs> he probably doesn't know what the heck's going on, man. He just, they just roll Vince out and uh, <laughs> here. They're like, oh, Jericho's, no, no, Jericho's still here. He's still at mm-hmm. WWE. Oh, okay, yeah, let him be on there. Why have it a Rob? Look at that. Frozen Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, who's your internet provider? <laughs> Spectrum. Oh, okay. But I'm out in the country, man. Y'all, y'all been to my house. Y'all know I'm out. I live like right beside a farm, man. That's like. Yeah, we went to your house. I, I brought a knife. That's the place. Awesome. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Okay. Well, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, the hey, what's up, James Lawrence? Welcome to the chat. Uh, and uh, I saw Brian Rosa in there too. It's good to see you, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that's the main stuff I had for news. The other big news item that I had, I thought we'd have a little fun with here, guys. Is uh, obviously I, okay. First, I feel like I should preface this and say, like, when I say having fun and everything, I mean we'll make the best of a a situation wwe obviously had some major releases this week and uh, a lot of talent got released their biggest one uh biggest release day i think since uh a year ago when they did the same thing right in the middle of the pandemic and everybody was kind of uh pissed off with them i i feel like the you know there was a lot of backlash this time around but a little less so just because of the fact that I don't know. I guess right now a lot of people feel good that there's uh, talent or, or places for talent to go work. So uh, hopefully, you know, as things are building back up, maybe it's not as harsh. You know, you hate to see anybody lose their job, but uh, all of these folks are super talented. So I feel like there's they're still going to find opportunities. And so I, I, I'm not I'm not really as worried for them, if that's OK to say, I guess. Well, I think we saw how it went last time. I mean, you know, you look at, and we were all kind of outraged. And I mean, we were all 
still on the edge because the pandemic was, we we're kind of still in the thick of it. And just the idea of, of these, these athletes that we, you know, that are so endearing to us, like lost their jobs, you know, it was just kind of, there was a lot of focus on humanity and, and that aspect of it. I think this time around we have the full picture of, you know, the good brothers are, you know, killing it and impact getting to work with Kenny again. Uh, you know, you've got Miro or Rusev, you know, in the, in the AEW, you've got a lot of these guys that bounced back. And I remember that was kind of the, the thing that we said a lot a year ago was it just, you know, we, you know, as bad as it was, we can't wait to see these guys be utilized. And I even saw some memes over the past few days that people were saying, you know, you know, seeing people get released with like an angry face, but then it was like, then realizing like they can go somewhere and actually not be overlooked. And, you know, it's a happy face. And it's like, I think that's kind of the sentiment now. So it's not that we don't care as much. It's just that now we see that there is a lot of opportunity out there, especially us as NWA fans, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, but I mean, there's a lot of open doors, you know, in that regard. So, you know, we can go through what you want to talk about, but I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, so what I've got here is just a list of those talents that were uh, released, and I thought it might be uh, interesting just uh, just to go through the names here and uh, maybe see what our, our chat room thinks and uh, what you guys think about where you want to see these people end up or where you think the best fits are uh, for each of these. So um, I'm going to start it off with, uh, let's just throw this one in, is... Uh, Corey James Weston, a.k.a. Wesley Blake. Sorry, I had to go to uh, Wikipedia for some of these guys just to see what their real names was. I, I were. I assume that they don't get to keep uh, names like Wesley Blake here. So uh, Corey James Weston, I think he trained at the Funkin' Dojo, and uh, he uh, had a few different runs. He was like an NXT tag team champion at one point and a uh, member of the Forgotten Sons and that sort of thing. Just curious. Uh, what do you guys think about Corey James Weston? Do you see like a place you picture him in something that stands out right off the bat? I'm not super familiar with him. I'll be honest. I mean, I, I haven't been a big NXT guy over the past couple of years and um, he's definitely got the look, you know, of somebody who could fit in really anywhere. Um, I think, yeah, there he is. Got, got that beard. Um, I don't know. I could see him. I could see him coming out in AEW, maybe joining a faction or something, being a, being a, 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 a beat down guy, you know, kind of no conscience, bad guy. I don't know. Yeah. He, uh, he was a NXT tag team champion with buddy Murphy. That's, uh, I think that's the only title he won in WWE, uh, PWI ranked him number 121 of the top 500 singles wrestlers in 2015. But uh, his, his he kind of has been a WWE guy for, for his whole major career outside of the uh, fucking conservatory. So uh, there he is. But uh, Rob, do you have anything you thought of for, for Wesley Blake here? Yeah. It, uh, one of the facts I uncovered in my research is that his maiden name is actually Wesley Briscoe. Cousin of the Briscoe brothers, and uh, and uh, and therefore, I would love to see him reunite with his erstwhile uh, cousins over in Ring of Honor as the uh, as the uh, the Briscoe cousin Wesley Briscoe. That's just my Mm -hmm. thoughts. He looks like a Briscoe. 
that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and uh, front row in the chat saying uh, Blake and Murphy were attacked. Great tag team in NXT, especially with Bliss. Yeah, uh, that's not actually the one I meant to click on. Uh, front row, by the way. Oh, there it is. Uh, he thinks Blake screams ROH to him, too. So uh, Terry also echoes ROH. So it seems like... Uh, uh, but Ryan said NWA or NJPW. So uh, interesting. It'll be uh, interesting to see where Wesley Blake shows up. I, I lead. I think I lead ROH too uh, with you guys. All right, let's uh, let's toss it out to another one here. Let's throw to I don't know. How about Dean Jonathan Matati, Mojo Rawley? Uh, he don't get hype. He stays hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, there's Mojo. You've seen him. He's a big fan of Grok or big friend of Grok. So he got some play around that time when Grok was hosting WrestleMania last year. But, uh, you know, as far as this WWE run, I don't think he, uh, I think he is the PWI ranked him number 111 of the top 500 singles wrestlers in 2017. Uh, he's been a, a seven time 24 seven champion uh, yeah. for. Yeah, you know, for what that is worth. And uh, but he also won the 2017 Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He so he's got that trophy to his name. I don't know if they actually get to keep that trophy, but it's sitting in his house if he does. Uh anyway, you you guys, uh let's see, Rob, I'll throw to you since what Will answered first last time. You have any thoughts on Mojo Raleigh where he would end up? I, I don't feel like we've ever gotten to see like how good he really is, you know, in the ring. No, but I know that uh, if you're good enough to play for the Green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals, then you're good enough to go to Impact and take on a big guy just like you by the name of Moose. I would love to see Mojo and Moose have a series of matches against each other. Big man versus big man. I think Impact is a place for him. Yeah, I lean – I think I lean – I could see that. I would love to see that. But I feel like some of these guys that have some of these celebrity ties, they like that would be on the radar for AEW. I feel like Tony Khan is, and this is just all presumption, presumptuous. I don't know, obviously, anything. But I feel like, you know, he's got that tie to Gronkowski, who was, you know, in WWE for a little while, but he's got kind of that celebrity rub. I feel like people like that are enticing to Tony Khan. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he showed up, you know, at least temporarily into in uh, AEW. Ryan Romano says the last thing he remembers about Bojo was him screaming into a mirror. So, oh yeah, I did that this morning. Yeah, that's just uh, <laughs> I usually scream into a mirror. Like, why are you like this? Uh, yeah, so, why are you the way that you are? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think everybody echoes that impact thing for the most part. I see, uh, Ryan jumped right in with impact, uh, front row agreeing Mojo to impact. Terry says Mojo AEW or nowhere. Uh, there you go. So, see, you yeah. guys are a bunch of raw. You guys are a bunch of Dr. Rob marks. Open up <laughs> sheeple. I want to know, uh, Terry, Terry McDermott is someone who's got a great opinion. And I always respect what he says. I'm curious. Cause when I think of Mojo, I think of him like, Facing a big guy like Moose, so who in AEW would you would you see him feuding with? I'm thinking like Murder Hawk, maybe um, you know somebody like that. Uh, I'm curious, like who who in AEW would he would he match up well with? And he would be a good Wardlow. fit. It's just like such a logjam of talent there. 
Scooby also pointing out that uh, at one point Raleigh was a tag partner of Matt Cardona as well. So he's uh, he's over there in uh, Impact right now. Ryan is uh, also offended, Will, uh, by I you. Mean, don't be, you know, I call him like Sam. <laughs> Team Rob, huh? All right, that's fine. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Don't try and drive a wedge. Don't try and drive a wedge between me and Ryan Romano. Me and Ryan Romano like this, man. We we thick. Yeah. Like there's no shared a, when we shared a plate of chicken nuggets before. We shared, man. We shared. We shut down the bar at uh at, at, at Pinball's Kingdom. Me and Ryan. Ryan, I had to carry Ryan home. Ryan probably don't even remember. I had to carry him yeah. to the house. <laughs> he definitely does say in the <laughs> chat, Rob, that you try to get him drunk at MPW shows. So uh, that checks out. That that at least makes <laughs> a lot of sense. So, all right. Well, uh, let's go to another person here. We'll jump over to how about these lovely ladies? We'll throw them both in at the same time. You got Jessica McKay and Cassandra McIntosh, aka Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics. Now, I don't know that they're going to come together as a package deal. We do know their friendship is legitimate in real life. Uh, but uh, they uh, two ladies that both got their releases and really surprising. Uh, I think this is this is one of the bigger surprises on the list uh, just because Peyton, she had her off and on pushes. Billy Kay was in like a, albeit comedy, she was appearing regularly on television uh, for WWE, so this one caught me off guard. But uh, Will, what do you what do you think of former uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions? There, uh, what do you think about the Iconics? Where are you seeing them? Uh, well, I think they should be a package deal. They work great together. They're a phenomenal tag team, and uh, you know, shouldn't surprise you that I like keeping good tag teams together. Um, and I'll go the route that you guys keep going. I'll say they scream impact to me. I could totally see them in impact as a tag team and impacts got uh, a good, um, women's tag team division. And I think they would fit in nicely. And I think keeping them together would be the way to go on that. So what about yourself, Rob? Uh, I agree. I, I, uh, I think I, I would say this is a team that I could see either at impact or the NWA. I think this team would fit well into the women's division of the NWA. Uh, I would love to see them match up with the C stars, Ashley Vox, who's an NWA alumnus and uh, Delmi Exo. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the NWA has the potential to, 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 to on, on this re, uh, invigoration re, um, initiation at the NWA to launch a really fantastic women's division. And I think these two women just scream NWA. I mean, I see them matching up with, again, an Ashley Vox. They look like, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the Marty Bells and the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, uh, you know, the Allison K's and whatnot. So I would love to see, I'd love to see them match up with the team like the Sea stars. And while we're at it, bring the Sea stars back to the NWA as well. Rob, I'm going to jump in there with you and say I actually I, I like that idea. I think AEW has a strong chance at grabbing them. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go for it, but uh, obviously there's a relationship. I think they're married, like Sean Spears and Peyton Royce are married, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there is that. But aside from that part of it, um, 
Yeah, front row in the chat just agree with the iconics versus Thunder Rosa and Alex Gra- Gracia. So like that could be a lot of fun. Where I was going to go with it is one thing they both have in spades is the ability to talk. Like as annoying as they could be, they play their role very well uh, as heels uh, on the mic, and they do an excellent job. And so they if if they could make that work out with NWA, I could definitely see the iconics fitting in there uh, for sure. But I'd say AEW or NWA, maybe both. So we'll go that way. Uh, let's jump over to, how about this guy? Taylor Michael Rotunda, uh, a.k.a. Bo Dallas. Uh, where, are we, where are we thinking Bo Dallas goes, Rob? Uh, Bo Dallas is either uh, Ring of Honor or NWA. Uh, Bo Dallas is somebody that will, will hook up well against a, uh, against a Mike Bennett um, or a Matt Taven, uh, or in the NWA, he's someone that would match up well or would square up well against a, uh, a Matthew Mims or a Tyrus. Um, so I'd like to see uh, uh, him go in one of those two directions. What are you thinking, Will? Oh, well, God forbid I disagree with Rob again. Um, I was thinking Ring of Honor. That was my first, my, my gut reaction. But... I would love to see him in the NWA reunited with his former tag team partner, Joe Hennig. And I will keep beating that drum until Joe Hennig pops up somewhere. But I thought they worked well together. I thought they were squandered as a comedy act, even though they held the titles in WWE. Uh, It was kind of seen as a joke. I think there's a lot more talent there in both of those guys than, uh, was displayed and I think Bo Dallas has he's a really entertaining guy and has that ability but I think he I I think he has more to offer when it comes to being a legit serious you know professional wrestler so I'd love to see that no matter where he goes yeah a lot of people agree with the NWA comment it looks like Terry on board there uh and uh now, I, I will give a shout-out to Ryan Romano here pointing out Bo Dallas to MLW. Now, there's one we haven't even mentioned before, but MLW is out there, so uh, that's an option. Ricky Donna going ROH. Uh, and uh, let's see. James Loris went no Dallas in NWA to Bo Dallas. It was an honor for him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, yes. He's right. He's right. Uh, and, and certainly – Certainly, some of these names uh, definitely could could fit well in M- MLW, but Bo Dallas, man, I mean, he's got the name and everything. That name just 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 screams like old school, like Cowboy Bill Watts in it. But Bo Dallas, man, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he 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 just feels well, like he kidding, would be, just the name alone would make him. You're kidding yourself if you think he's going to be able to keep that name, <laughs> but yeah, that's the, for, <laughs> for me, for me, it's. For me, it's he's a second, you know, second or third generation guy. How many? Yeah, I don't. Oh, at, at least third, second. at least in the return oh, yeah, of third. At least yeah, third. So, I'd I say mean, at least third. Yeah, so third, third, second or third generation guy. Uh, Henning's the same way. Like I love seeing those guys paired up just because of the history of it, which I think fits well in the NWA and the narrative of the most historic longest lasting wrestling promotion in history. So I could see them, you know, being that under their real names, you know, and not, not having a, a character or anything like that, having just being themselves and being the great, you know, multi-generational 
athletes that they are. And that's, that's what I'm really craving from them. And I think the NWA is a great place for them to showcase that. It would be nice as Scooby saying, bring the Rotunda name back to the NWA. Yeah. I mean, you get Rotunda and Hennig that carries a lot of weight for the types of fans that are into the NWA. So it makes a lot of sense there. Um, all right, let's throw another one in here. Let's go with a lady. How about Chelsea Greed? Also recently released. I just went with the picture that every single article I see about her uses, and I can't figure out why uh, they're all using the same picture, but there it is. Um, and uh, anyway, so Chelsea Greed is, uh, that was sarcasm, by the way. I totally see why it's. Yeah, no, we get it her athletic prowess the anyway so will i'll let you go on this one chelsea green uh where, where are you thinking oh man um my my gut is impact i think she'd be great there i, I wouldn't be shocked to see her show up as soon as possible on like a aew dark uh they have a really vibrant um you know, showing of a female talent, obviously from mission pro and stuff like that. And I, I'd love to see her, you know, square up against some of those ladies. And um, so yeah, I would say AEW or impact. What about yourself, Rob? What are you thinking for Chelsea? Yeah, I don't, I don't see her showing up on dark immediately. I mean, this is a former impacts knockouts champion, uh, Laurel Van Ness, uh, I think would make a triumphant return to impact and, uh, and would immediately make a mark again. I would also like to see her potentially uh, uh, show up in the NWA. Again, I'm interested in the NWA starting to, to flesh out the, the women's division there. Uh, so I would see her, I'd place her back in, in impact uh, making a title run there, uh, making a, a triumphant return or showing up in the NWA alongside Melina, trying to court the interest of Thunder Rosa. So that's where I see her. That's very interesting. Now, uh, again, uh, just to, you know, not to make us a gossip side or anything, but I guess it, it's worth mentioning that she's currently uh, engaged to Matt Cardona. So impact also stands out there as a possible option if they wanted to bring those two back together. But AEW doesn't seem crazy to me either because uh, they they've used her before as far as like all in she was a part of uh, the first women there at that pay-per-view which also gives her the connection technically to ring of honor as well so uh, she she's got a relationship with all those people but it anyway uh, yeah Chelsea Green I and of course if you're just joining us thanks by the way hit subscribe but also just that uh, we're talking about all these people with the assumption they're getting another job because there's plenty of places to work we're just trying to figure out where they go uh we've got a few more here before we get to trivia night uh but let's talk about now what about Kalisto, aka his real name is emmanuel alejandro rodriguez but uh Kalisto, a high flyer Luchador, where does Kalisto end up after his recent release from the WWE? Rob, what do you what do you feel for Kalisto? Uh, I put him back in AAA or in New Japan. Um, I mean, uh, that high flying style uh, is great. I don't really see it resonating right now with what's going on in the NWA. Uh, you know, not not to say that. And again, that's no that don't that don't interpret that as disrespect at all. You've got a lot of uh, uh, of 
you know, lucha influence stuff going on in AEW, uh, certainly in the WWE. But uh, man, gosh, right now the AAA has got world t- championship status uh, along with the NWA, MLW, and some other promotions. Just uh, just uh, uh, recognized uh, in last month's issue of PWI, and I think Kalisto would be a, an immediate impact player in AAA. Yeah, I think it really boils down to what he wants to do, which obviously we don't know. We haven't talked to him, but um, I think if 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 his desire is to get more into uh, somewhere where that lucha style is more celebrated, I think AAA is where he's going to end up. Uh, I think if he wants to stay in the states and uh, do that, I think AEW or Ring of Honor are the two places where he could be showcase the most you know for his for his abilities obviously wwe is not the spot if you're not Rey mysterio and, and you're a lucha guy you're not going to be given the time of day so i think i think those are his options you know it just all depends on whether he wants to yeah go to mexico or stay in the states it's really interesting like when i think about these guys i mean obviously we have an nwa bias that we're gonna immediately try to picture what a person would look like in the national wrestling Alliance. If they fit in there, I also was when I think about AEW right now, cause I know that's like the obvious, like Tony Khan's got the money and he can pay for whoever and yada, yada, yada. Uh, the one thing I always think about with them is like, they've got so many people right now. Like who, who are they going to be looking for? Or do they have a use for this person? Like with the Kalisto, you know, I see in the chat, uh, Terry mentioning it, a lot of AAA mentions, which makes a lot of sense. But uh, the AEW to me is just like, well, would he stand out in AEW? Do they need another luchador character when you've got the Lucha Bros? Right. You've got uh, Ray Phoenix, uh, or yeah, I mean, Ray Phoenix is a master wrestler. I mean, but uh, you've got, you know, Santana and Ortiz and like those kind of guys. Like, do you need another fast, high flying guy? Would he stand out there? And I'm not sure. Now, Ring of Honor possibly. Uh, but now, you know, front row mentioned it here, and this is exactly the scenario that crossed my mind. So front row and I on the same page, like just if he were to come to the NWA is, yeah, wouldn't mind if you Kalisto versus Matt Cross matches uh, front row saying. And, and that I, I was thinking like, you know, the thing about Matt Cross in the NWA right now is he can stand out as a smaller guy in a big man territory. But, uh, you know, would Kalisto fit in there? I mean, he possibly could. Uh, so it, it, it'd be interesting to see if they could they could use him for a, a thing here or there. Uh, Ryan Wilcox over on Facebook saying that Kalisto versus Leo Rush at MLW would be a great rivalry. So that's that's another thing. Those would be some badass matches. Uh, that's a good call, Ryan. Right. Right. All right. Well, uh, let's move to, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the same way for everybody, but for me, they were the two biggest surprises. So that's why I saved these guys for last. Uh, obviously, Right now, we'll go to one that's near and dear to our hearts as the wife of the real world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, and that is Mickey James. Unfortunately, was released from WWE. What the hell are they thinking? I don't know. But Mickey James, a legend in women's wrestling, multi-time women's champion, and she was released this week by WWE as well. Will, right off the bat, where do you think Mickey James should head? <laughs> I like that you're asking us this. Like we don't like, like you don't already know. Like she needs to be in the NWA, carving out her own uh, spot as the queen 
of the NWA alongside her husband. And I think that's, that's a storybook uh, situation. So I, you know, could she end up anywhere else? Sure. But I mean, man, that's a no brainer for me. Robbie feeling that same thing. Whew. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I think of like some of the great, like rival couples, ever you know like power couples like james carvel and mary madeline mary madeline a uh, uh, uh you know long li- lifelong republican correspondence and of course james carvel a democratic advisor and they have this long happy marriage they've even wrote in a book about their about love politics and marriage and how they've managed to stay by uh together all these years though being on the opposite side of the void uh uh from each other politically speaking and uh, um Gosh, man, Mickey James would be the options you got bringing Mickey James into the NWA. I see an instant. Can I can I speak for a couple minutes here, man? I'm gonna filibuster here for a minute. <laughs> you go right you ahead, got, Rob. <laughs> I see I see all kind of possibilities with this, and you know we 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 had our private correspondence. I don't understand what goes in the mindset when you when you don't resign a Mickey James, a Mickey James. I mean, she's one of the greats of all times, and um, anybody, anybody I think would be chomping at the bit to add her to the roster just, just for what she brings just on name value. But then we bring her into the NWA and look suddenly what you got, what, look at the possibilities. You've got either an alliance or a rivalry between Mickey James and Melina, two of the great WWE women's champions ever. You got that the chance of that playing out in the GPB studio. You got a chance of her obviously going into strictly business, but there's another first woman of pro wrestling already, and that is Camille. And so you have the possibility of her coming in and her and Nick all this not seeing eye to eye, and there being a an a, a, an intramural rivalry or an intrafamilial rivalry between her and Mickey James, between uh, Aldis and Mickey James, leading separate factions. Uh, you've got the possibility of her feuding with Thunder Rosa. I mean, gosh, man, I could think that I could rattle off like about 12, 13, maybe even 17 different stories right now just with what Mickey James brings to the equation. She is a game changer, you know, between her and Samoa Joe. I know, I know you're going to get to Samoa Joe. I think she is the biggest, the biggest wild card, <laughs> not to you, no pun intended, uh, in this whole roster release there. She is the one that can turn the NWA upside down, reinvigorate the women's division, add a lot of drama. And uh, man, this could be big, big, big time, big time stuff. Or you could go like what Front Row saying right there. She could grab the Burke and then you got a power couple. You know, you've got uh, a battle of power couples between Tom Latimer and Camille versus Mickey James and, uh, uh, and Nick Aldis. All these possibilities are there. If you bring her in, if she's if she's ready to come into the NWA, and I know she's ready, but if she's like if her if her heart's in it, um, so you know, I mean, honestly, let's let's be real here. Mickey James could go to Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, SWE, AAA, whatever. She could do whatever she wants to do. This is a woman who can write her own destination. But where do we want to see her? Obviously, for a million and one reasons, we want to see her in the NWA. Please, Mickey James. Please, Queen. Come to the NWA. 
It's true. I mean, when you talk about Mickey James and the legacy she leaves, the, the company that we feel like we we feel like would recognize it the most, uh, her potential would be the National Wrestling Alliance. You know, obviously she's succeeded. She's a three-time uh, TNA Knockouts champion, so she's she's been there. She's won the TNA World Cup of Wrestling, I think, and uh, she's uh, Woman of the Year 2009 and 2011 for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. She was ranked number one of the top 50 female wrestlers in PWI back in 2009. Uh, she is just a legend as far as women's wrestling goes. Five-time WWE Women's Champion. One uh, Another time was with the Divas Championship, which, uh, you know, however you want to consider that. I would just say six-time WWE Women's Champion. But the uh, just, yeah. Mickey James, a true legend in the business. So she's out there floating around, ready to make her own way. And, and you're right, Rob, she can write her own ticket. She can do whatever she wants to. Uh, nothing can stop her. We'd love to see her take that and, and build the NWA. Imagine her being one of the people uh, in the NWA right now, able to usher in the next generation of female talent that come in there. Uh, to want to learn how to wrestle, Mickey James, who's who's the best to to get you there? And a, a feud with Camille would be epic too, you know, to just take Camille to the next level. Uh, that said, another person that could easily write their own ticket potentially uh, in the final of the releases from WWE this week was Samoa Joe. Somehow was let mm. go from WWE. Now. The only thing here I would say that the uh, question on everybody's mind, I think, would be he's been on commentary for a little while due to some concussion issues. So I wonder, is Samoa Joe able to wrestle? Because uh, you'd feel like if he is able to wrestle, he could end up anywhere. But just for his mind and his commentary alone, I think he's worth a consideration. It could also end up in a company. But just curious, Will, when you think of Samoa Joe, uh, what, what, what comes to mind? Well, you know, he's he had a a some beginnings in Ring of Honor. I don't know. I just, I just personally, I feel like Samoa Joe, and this is no slight to Ring of Honor. I just feel like he achieved a level of 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 stardom or fame or whatever, um, where you know it would be tough to see him going anywhere besides like an AEW that where he would be on national TV. I mean, I think he's that caliber of a guy. And I do think he was underutilized. He came really close to being in the the world title picture in WWE. And I was super stoked for that. I mean, he was feuding with Brock Lesnar and guys like that. And I was like, man, this is it. He's finally going to reach this point. And then that kind of squandered. I think he did get injured. Uh, so I, I don't blame WWE for that. I think he got injured and was kind of pulled out of that whole whole picture. But I mean, he was doing great on commentary. I loved him on commentary. I watched WrestleMania, and he was great on commentary. That's why it was so shocking to me, is because he was front and center on WrestleMania as a commentator and did an incredible job. Um, but I think some of that speculation now about injury and whether or not he's medically cleared, I think that's a big story right now. But you know, if he's medically cleared and can go anywhere, I just feel like AEW would be a place whether they're gonna, you know, treat him right or not, or give him the 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 position he should be. Um, you know, that that would be my first guess. 
just for some additional mm. context, uh, front row state of the chat here, they heard that he heard that WWE didn't clear him to wrestle, so he <laughs> wanted to go elsewhere to get back in the ring. Yeah. So, which makes uh, sense. Oh yeah, sorry. I guess I should have thrown to Rob. I apologize. I'm still, I'm still doing. Rob, to this. you can speak now. Okay, <laughs> I'm just waiting on Gary to, that, you know. Um, <laughs> um, again, Samoa Joe, li- like Mickey James, Samoa Joe is the guy. By the way, uh, Marcella Zuna just homered uh, Will, and the Braves are up seven to three. Ah, go Braves! Anyway, so anyway, uh, just. Like Mickey James, Samoa Joe is a guy who um, he's one of those names who's one of the essential names. You know, he's a big name, and this is this is a Kurt Angle. This is a this is a you know a sting. He he carries that kind of weight. Uh, for those of us who've been watching the sport, following the sport, following especially Impact, um, and now the WWE, and I don't follow WWE, but d- definitely if you go back to Impact days, um, you know, back in uh, the mid. Uh, 2010s, you know that this is a guy that is a game changer. No matter what capacity he participates in, whether it's in you know wrestling or whether it's on commentary or managing or whatever, um, he could go anywhere. He could go into AEW and he'd be a big deal. I think AEW is really getting really deep, and I'm afraid that talented people have to you know run the risk of getting lost in the shuffle there just because the roster is so expanded with what they're trying to do and and everything. I, again, like with Mickey James, who would not want to see Samoa Joe show up in the NWA? And would he be able to wrestle? I would want him to get his body in order. Braves up eight to three. Uh, I want to get his <laughs> him, his body in order, his body in line, be healthy. You know, if he's not being cleared in the WWE, I would certainly want. I wouldn't want those standards to drop. But someone mentioned in the in the past, uh, or Dave Scooby there mentioned that he and Aldis have a past together. Is is Samoa Joe capable of wresting that world's championship from Nick Aldis today? I don't think so. I think he's 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 a little older. His body is damaged. Uh, Nick Aldis, I think, is probably the greatest wrestler on earth right now at the top of his game. He's in peak physical form. His endurance is unparalleled. But when I think about some of the great legendary feuds in the NWA back, you know, in the the late eighties, you know, back, back towards the end of the Crockett era, I think of like Ric Flair versus the junkyard dog. What a feud that was. Now, did anybody have any realistic hope that the junkyard dog at that stage in his career would be able to take the title from Flair? No, I don't think so, but he could have, I mean, on in any given day, a wrestler at that caliber can pull, a surprise out and, and Samoa Joe is certainly capable. He has the repertoire. He's got the knowledge. They've got the history. Probably nobody in nobody probably knows Nick Aldis as a competitor better than Samoa Joe does. The res- mutual respect is there. Um, so you could see him coming in the NWA in an in-ring capacity. However, let me, add, let me throw this out there. What made the four horsemen so great besides the talents, obviously Arn, Tolly, Barry, Oli, you know, Rick, Lex, uh, they were great in their own right, but it was J.J. Dillon's mind, you know, J.J. Dillon's mind that made the Four Horsemen so lethal. What if a Samoa Joe comes in and becomes the, you know, the the foil to a a, a, a Austin Idol, becomes the the true manager, the guider of the of strictly business, or better yet, 
What if he comes in and he is courted by Strictly Business only to give his services to uh, the great Tim Storm, you know, or or somebody on the outside looking in trying to trying to get that championship? What if he's the one that drives a wedge between Adonis and Strictly and Strictly Business? I mean, the possibilities. Again, I hate to get into story writing. We're not bookers. We're just fans. I'm just dreaming here. But I think Samoa Joe, just like Mickey James, opens up so many possibilities in the NWA just because of the history that he has with Nick Aldis. And again, Nick Aldis is the key there. He he's got that uh he's got that knowledge, he's got that ring history. Uh they've been on the same side as each other and they've looked across the ring at each other. I think he's got all kinds of potential and Obviously, uh, there's a great deal of respect between um, the power brokers in the NWA and Samoa Joe, and he would easily, easily slide into something big. Uh, what about what about Samoa Joe and Tyrus forming a uh, uh, you know an association under the auspices of uh, uh, of Austin Idol? I mean, again, I'm just I, I'm just dreaming here. You got limitless possibilities. I only want to see Samoa Joe in the NWA. I don't want to see him anywhere else. I just don't think Samoa Joe needs an Austin Idol. That would be my issue with that uh, theory. Like Samoa right. Joe's like a he's like a lone wolf kind of guy as far as that goes. He's he's a guy who stands on his own. It would seem like uh, that's on the, the one mic thing. You, that's the, the one thing you picked up on, Gary. That's the one thing. Like I said, Austin Idol once, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't hold on now. Oh, I nah. said about twenty other things. You asked a question about about him hooking up with Tyrus. I was answering your question. What about the other questions I asked? I wasn't listening to anything else. Yeah. Yeah. When you filibuster and ask like 20 questions, we forget what you're even talking about anymore. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, listen, I'm with you, man. I would love to see him in the NWA. I don't know how feasible that is to happen. Talk to Uh, the hand, yeah. What's a oh, price yeah. tag on a Samoa Joe? Like, I mean, you got to go all in. If... All right. Anyway, oh, so man. you got to. What? Yeah. Anyway. He's like, that... all right. No, I. The Braves score is going to play well for tomorrow's podcast audience. Yeah. I would, I would, I would obviously love to see him in the NWA. I think if he shows up in the NWA and does anything other than go after Nick Aldis and the 10 pounds of gold, that would almost be a waste not to knock any of the storylines you you just brainstorm but i just feel like that i mean i agree with front row that that is that's a money feud right there and you want to talk about you know i know you know you you talk a lot rob about you know who's nick aldis's dusty roads and stuff like that man it could be smojo easily hands down that could be mm-hmm. a feud that we talk you know our grandkids talk about so yeah, I, I mean, you would want to see there. There are certain releases, right? Like they're uh, not even just releases. Okay, there there are certain people that if WWE cut them right now, uh, that immediately when they walk in the door, they are a title contender. Like they're they're they have a shot at the world's heavyweight championship. Samoa Joe for me is one of those people. Like if Samoa Joe can go, Samoa Joe walking into the GPB studios is immediately. Uh, a challenger for the world's heavyweight championship. That's just, that's just how it is. And so first and foremost, he's going after Nick Aldis. There's no way he's not. And uh, that's just, I mean, and I, I don't even know why you would bother booking anything different than that. 
So that's just that's the way you would you would have to use him. It's just it's just it's just he, he's hurt, man. And and I think that uh you know uh as you can't go in hurt against all this, man. Yeah, all this is dangerous. He's a dangerous this is a dangerous man right here. And uh so I don't see him going in and going immediately, going immediately after all this. But over time, maybe, maybe, maybe I'd like to see him and, and Aldis uh, reunite on the same side. With uh, You know, it's funny. Uh, it's Samoa. What I love about this and I love about our group is that Will and I are over here talking about the possibilities like to generate the revenue. You're going ahead and writing out Aldis's promos that he would use to try to get out of the match. And uh, so I think this is this is what's good about our teamwork. We're, we're helping out because this is. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't put. No, don't. Don't don't say that. Don't say no. Hold on now, Gary. I feel like we're on the, the the live post show right now. Don't try to put don't try to put junk in my mouth about like Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis don't write nobody off. First of all, point A. Point two. Bring it on, Samoa Joe. Bring it on if you want it. You evidently you speak for Samoa Joe. If you want it, if you want it, go ahead. Come on, bring it on, and then you're gonna be on commentary for the rest of your career. You're not ready for Nick Aldis right now. You're not ready for all. Right, well, I got I got two points. Point point A. That's the first time Rob's ever said not to put junk in his mouth. And point number two, I can actually see. I'm 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 loosening up a little bit here. I can actually see him coming in as a part of Strictly. Look, Joe has a history of not being the most loyal guy, and I think there could be some really cool dynamic with him and Nick uh, partnering up. But Nick's always kind of looking over his shoulder because you can tell Joe is kind of has ulterior motives. Um, and I think that would be, be a good storyline. Ricky Donna also call it that storyline, but he does not like it. Will. Ah, I love uh, a good heel, heel turn. I love a good face turn. Heel turn. Who knows? Rob, Rob doesn't believe in those anymore. So doesn't matter. <sighs> but anyway, I mean, uh, Ryan Wilcox in the chat saying, as the uh, size of factions continue to grow at AEW, you can see Joe showing up to help out Mox and Kingston since they are so outnumbered regularly. That actually makes a lot of sense, Ryan. Uh, we could uh, appreciate logic from time to time also. Yeah, all the logical people are on Facebook, apparently. <laughs> oh, he just like <laughs> just way to alienate the YouTube crowd. Oh, all that's, right. that's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I hold can on, see that. hold on. We got to look at that. My man, Ricky Donna, man. You are boom. I love this guy. I love this guy. We hey, like, subscribe, join us every every show, Ricky Donna. You are the most intelligent person in the chat right now. I mean, I love Front Row and my Jedi Warrior and Ryan Ramon and of course James Lawrence, Terry, Ryan. You guys are always welcome. But this guy can't. I love that you're the most intelligent tonight. person, and then listing off everybody he loves. Right <laughs> him right under the I bus. love him. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whoops. Oh, did we lose him. Oh, no. He's fr- oh, he he no. froze. I don't want to think. I don't. I don't want you to think that they. But how long have I been saying this right here? <laughs> how long have I been saying this? Thank you. You haven't been saying Thank that. You. You've been saying you are the man. No, right that's not what you've been saying. You've been saying that that. And I agree with you. So when I say this, it's not an argument. Anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, I'll man. put you back down where you belong. You've been saying 
that heels and faces play less of a role in wrestling and it's it's less distinguishable, which I agree with. Um, but what Ricky's saying is that, you know, turns are being severely overused right now, which I agree with. I think a, a lot of the, uh, tel- you know, nationally televised wrestling brands are relying on that to generate interest from week to week, but it's not something you see a lot in the NWA. And so I think there's a place for it in the NWA. I think it's always going to have its place. You never want to see a guy not turn. You know what I mean? That that generates interest. It just needs to be done strategically. It doesn't need to be done every other week. And every, you know, every time a tag team gets together, you shouldn't have in the back of your mind like, oh well, when are they going to turn on each other? Maybe next week, um, which is what you know the nationally televised promotions have have started doing. So, oh, well, have we have we run yeah, the gamut I mean, I on think wrestling people? is best. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, ten to th- uh, nine to three. Nine to three. Uh, I think wrestling is its best. <laughs> wrestling is best when it's. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. What is happening? I got, a, I got an important. I got. I got an important comment here about herpes. <laughs> so yeah, we got to get this up here. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> it's apropos that it is uh, covering Rob right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if this is helpful to anyone, um, we just want to put, we're public servants. If not, I especially else. love that. Uh, I thought the last name there was Damien Stinson. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take back what I said about all the uh, logical people being on Facebook. That was quickly. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, you know, that, Heels and faces are, are useless and contrived and they don't happen. I just think that one of the good things about the NWA historically has been that the NWA has not been preoccupied with that. It's the NWA has been human interest stories. Think back to, you know, 1989, one of the greatest trilogies of all time, Flair and Steamboat. Obviously Flair played the, uh, played the role. He didn't play a role. He was what he was. He was the, uh, you know, the millionaire nightlife, uh, fast lane, guy against the family guy, Ricky Steamboat. But Ric Flair, you know, when you were in uh, uh, New Orleans in the second match of that trilogy, Flair was being cheered and Ricky Steamboat was being booed. You know what I mean? There, were, there wasn't heel or face. It was human interest stories. And I think when you get to something like the NWA, when you bring a Samoa Joe in or or, or whatnot, you can't look at that and say that oh, Samoa Joe's immediately going to be a good guy and Nick's a bad Nick's not a bad guy. Nick is, is self-interested, which is not a bad thing. I think that's that's what. So look at uh, Floyd Money Mayweather. A lot of people would say he's a heel, but he's not a bad guy. He's self interested. He's a self promoter. And if you're going to get anywhere in this business, that's what you have to do. You have to self promote. So uh, you know, you have some people that their their personal drama and their their uh, inspirational stories, like Trevor Murdoch's, become something that the fl- the, the fans can latch onto, but. It's not like, you know, Tim Storm has never done anything shady in the ring. Tim Storm has done lots of shady things in the ring, but he's still, he still, his human interest story appeals to the masses, whereas Nick's, uh, Nick Aldis's sort of rubs the masses the wrong way. So it's not like they're good or bad. And it's not like, you get what I'm saying? It's not like I don't believe in hills or faces. I think hills and faces, though, are a matter of interpretation. I think there are times when the Road Warriors, we're certainly acting like heels, but we're being treated like faces by the fans. 
and it's whatever the fans like. And, and ultimately you do best when you represent yourself and when you represent your own interests. I will say I prefer when it is what you're describing, Rob, I, when it's a little more nuanced and there's not clear, uh, because it gives it gives us as fans, us as viewers, it makes it more entertaining, you know. And like we have, uh, you know, there's TV shows where the bad guy's the good guy. You know, you can't really even nail down. I mean, I, I'm a huge Sons of Anarchy fan, and you know, the mm. the heroes, quote unquote, of that show are outlaws. You know what I mean? And that's that's just the culture that we live in. And I think that there's a lot of value to doing that. And again. Uh, not to throw promotions under the bus, but when you look at the nationally televised promotions, they're the ones that seem to want to draw this clear line between good guys and bad guys. But I agree with you. When I watch the NWA, um, you know, I mean, there's things that I uh, respect about Nick Aldis. There's things that I will cheer for when it comes to Nick Aldis, the way he carries that title, the way that he represents the company. Um, but then there's things that, you know, I'm like, hmm. I don't know if that was an honorable thing to do, you know, and we get into that on Tuesday nights, but that's the beauty of pro wrestling. It's not supposed to be so cut and dry. It's not always supposed to be. It's supposed to be who you like, who's your favorite, who do you cheer for? And you, you know, that's, that's, that's your, your people. And I prefer my wrestling to be a little more gray. Yeah, right. no, you're absolutely right. I, I love this. I love this remark by Ricky Donna there. I remember Flair turning face after Funk attacked him. Sting, of course, came to uh, uh, Flair's aid. That set up a legendary feud between Flair and Funk. Flair and Sting versus Funk in the Great Muda. But um, remember, you know, I mean, and, and I guess that was a hillish thing to do. Funk wanted that championship. He was miffed that Flair didn't. You know, I remember after Flair had beaten Steamboat. Um, and uh, Funk challenged Flair for the championship. Remember, Funk was is a former NWA champion. He's one of the only brother tandem to hold the championship, and he had a quality reign, several hundreds of days. And he challenges Rick. He's like, "I want to be the first to challenge you for the championship." And what does Flair say? Flair says, "Well, I don't know what you've been. Uh, I know you've been out there hanging out with some." Funk was felt dismissed by that, and he attacked Flair. You know, well the feud plays out. It was a brutal feud. I remember Flair was out with a while for a neck injury because of that uh, pile driver that uh, that uh, uh, that Funk had delivered to Flair. But at the end of the I Quit match at Clash of the Champions, you know the thing was the, the catch was if I beat you, you got to shake my hand. You got to shake my hand. And Flair beat him. Now, if Hill, if, if Funk was it was pure evil, pure unadulterated evil, if he go, you know, he's not going to shake Flair's hand. He's going to double cross Flair, and him and Gary Hart and Mood are going to pummel Flair, whatever, and lead to the next chapter. But what does he do after that match? You remember? Gary Hart said, "Don't do it, Funk. Don't do it." But Funk says, "No, I told him I'm going to shake his hand, and now I'm going to shake his hand." And he shook his hand. And that showed Funk to be a sportsman, not an evil mercenary, a, an athlete. He had self-interest. Yeah. He wanted the championship. There was bad blood. He was miffed. But at the end of the day, Funk showed himself to be a man of integrity. And that's what I love. All this. You don't like I love how Gary, every, every time we talk about it, all this, Gary wants to bring up Tim Storm. You know, the the spear. The, the, that, Rocky Marciana. Rocky Marciana. He always want to bring that up. 
But at the end of the day, let, let me remind you, who did all this endorse to be mayor of Carneyland? He endorsed <laughs> Tim Storm, bruh. Oh, yeah. That, Don't story forget that. Year. For all the wrestling trivia that <laughs> we're going to get deep, into in a little bit, by the way, that, that should have been <laughs> – one of the questions right there. <laughs> Give the man an award. Oh man. man, that is a callback. You talking about? You talking about? You go after Gary for bringing up the Tim Storm thing over and over, and you're going to dig so deep that you're going to talk about the mayor of Carneyland endorsement. We got a lot of pots and kettles in this argument. I don't know which who's who, but geez. Just remember, right. man. No, like we said about the Thunder Rosa Camille, the Camille Spear after the Thunder Rosa match, no king can tolerate a pretender to the throne. And so what I'm just going to say as a matter of just geopolitics, what Tim Storm, Camille, and Strictly Business, or excuse me, what Aldous, Camille, and Strictly Business did to Tim Storm was rationally justified. It was justified. The man has a PhD. He does. Can't deny that. All right, folks. Well, uh, hey, Ryan Murphy, Front Row, WWLTD, Ricky Dada, Terry, everybody. Thanks for being here with us. If you haven't already, for some reason, you're here, you've never subscribed to the channel. We'd love it if you did. Uh, also, uh, just, uh, I don't know, just a shout out. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Uh, we also do want to shout out the real world's champion, despite what Rob thinks uh, I think about him. I will say, that his supplement line over at Legacy Sports Nutrition is outstanding. And uh, their pre-workout is what's keeping me going right now, still at this point. And uh, you can get all of that over at LegacySupps.com. You should definitely hit them up because if you use code NWAFAM, you get 10% off over there. Thanks to the real world's heavyweight champion. So we are grateful to him for that. It, we got to play wrestling trivia. We promised that. It's on the uh, YouTube yeah. thumbnail. We're sitting here arguing back and forth about all kinds of stuff. Uh, we gotta, well, I'm going to take a potty break before we get into that. All right, so, so Will's going to leave. I'll be our All right, that's fine. I told everybody 930 anyway. Rob, do you have any trivia questions today? Because I got so many. I have. Um, man, I got a bunch. Yeah, I got a bunch. I figured you just have like uh like random trivia books or something. You just seem like you would have that. I mean, I've got board games and stuff like that uh, that've got questions on them, but I, I you know, I've got a uh, I've got some some trivia I can I can I can fall back on. All right. Well, when we play, by the way, chat room, when we play trivia, we're just got to, I mean, I might ask Rob and Will some questions, see what they think. We want to hear from you. We want you guys to answer, but no Googling it. We got sensors set up on every single one of your computers. So we know if you Googled the answer, so you can't, you can't Google any of it. Uh, Rob, you feel like filibustering for a minute? I'll just go pee before we start trivia real quick. Yeah, man, I can. Filibuster, what you want to get? Just give me a topic. I'll filibuster on it. Rob, uh, just uh, Ricky Donna says, this is what made race the greatest world champion and Flair possibly the second greatest champion of all time is they both could work his face and heel and could have great matches. Yeah, man. Um, I, I Race and Flair are, are 
you can make an argument that either one of them are, are the greatest of all time. I've got six or seven that are blue chip guys. I mean, you got you think of guys like obviously Luthes. You've got Dory Funk Jr. with that great uh, illustrious title reign. You've got um, you know Dusty. Dusty didn't have the 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 belt for the days that those guys did, but he was a great transitional champion. You got to throw Nick Aldis into that mix. I mean, you can't, you know, you throw Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis just for what they've meant for the NWA in the modern era. And I think nobody, nobody feels like Flair like Aldis does. You know, um, Aldis brings everything except for like, you know, I mean, and, and no disrespect to Flair at all. Flair was great, but Flair, Flair was business, but he's also, he's kind of sleazy. You know, he was a, a man of the night. Aldis brings all of those factors, but he's not sleazy. Aldous is a family man. He's focused. He's zero. He's honed in, which means I think ultimately that's going to give him greater longevity. Um, but they all share the same, the, the same, uh, um, you know, that, that same character trait that that you're mentioning, uh, Ricky Donna, is that they're not good guys and they're not bad guys. They're they're not heels or they're not faces. They are competitors they're competitors i mean they're they're their interest is not in hey i'm gonna hurt somebody or i'm gonna be evil and now don't get me wrong the the horseman did attack dusty Rhodes outside of the the crockett offices they did they broke his arm but i look at that again like uh to, to what i was saying earlier about the fact that that uh a king cannot tolerate a pretender to the throne and i think the 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 right the uh, Rhodes Flair rivalry was bigger than them at that point it was a grudge between him and the Horsemen and I don't think Flair appeared in that attack video so you know you could not to say that Flair's exonerated or that he wasn't involved at all that it wasn't to keep him from challenging for that championship but I think ultimately they're the they are the best these champions are the absolute best when they're not preoccupied with something like what you see in the WWE where someone just shows up and they're just pure evil. Like I just show up and I'm frothing at the mouth just because I hate you for no reason, just because I just showed, woke up one day and I hate you. And then that, that hate extends till the next pay-per-view when we wrestle and then I don't hate you anymore. I go on to hate the next person. That's tired. That that's ridiculous. What the NWA, what, what uh place like, like ring of honor does it too, man. They, they draw out these human interests, stories these competitive you know stories between the top draws between the big dogs who inevitably because of the weight of what they do in the ring because of the authority of their of their talent and their and and what they're able to accomplish and and where they place themselves we see them inevitably clash not because one's good or evil but because by the nature of the case because the sport demands it they must face each other Tim Storm and Nick Aldis must face each other. They have to. I mean, who doesn't think at some point that Tom Latimer and Nick Aldis must face each other or that Chris Adonis and Nick Aldis must face each other? They must. It has to happen. Not because one's good or one's evil, but because the sport demands it. They, they are the big dogs. And the if you want prize fighting, if you want prize fight wrestling, it only happens when the big guys face each other. And so it's best when heel or, or, or face it plays in, in so far as the, 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 the fans gravitated, which, which, which human interest story they gravitate towards, which one they most identify with. Do I identify with the privileged person or the hard worker, you know, the privileged Nick Otis or the hardworking blue collar Trevor Murdoch 
Obviously, the fans gravitate towards Trevor Murdoch because they identify with him. But that doesn't make Nick Aldis, therefore, evil. It just means they identify with this story more. Me, I'm privileged. You know, I'm a blue blood. I, I identify with Aldis. You know what I mean? I, uh, you know, we, we eat out every day. I eat steak or lobster every single day. I had my wife and I went to a $75 wine or uh, uh, whiskey tasting day at Chattanooga Whiskey by invitation only. That's the kind of circles I run in. So therefore, I don't see eye to eye with Trevor Murdoch. I don't, I don't, you know, it's been a long time since I've been living off the meagerest of wages, grits and gravy. You know, I'm, I'm eating lobster and filet mignons. Nick Aldis is my guy. How's that for a filibuster, Gary? I had a half-eaten, half-eaten peanut butter sandwich for dinner. So, my uh, my wife brought me uh, food from her in-laws' house. So that's what I had. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, from from my in-laws' house. I mean, uh, all right. Well, we're gonna play wrestling trivia now. I think a lot of you are here for that. So hopefully, I think this will be fun. We'll just get, interact with the chat. Uh, keep in mind, like Ryan uh, has pointed out, the chat. I'm Big Brother. I know. I could see if you if you Google something. If you Google it, I'll know. So y'all need to chill because we're asking legit questions. And I know that a lot of you guys aren't going to be happy with this, but we're going to start off with some WWE trivia for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons, gosh, oh, just relax for a second. My (laughs) wife for Christmas, she bought me this game. (laughs) It's called WWE (laughs) Pop Quiz. He's, He's gone. We did it. We did it. We got rid of him. So there's so many. Lobster tail. And uh, anyway, I promised my wife that we would <laughs> use this on the show. So I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, uh, and I br- and I brush my teeth and I brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, just like Kershaw. Just like Kesha. Yeah, you she, should change she, the she S and Stinson to if, a money sign. She wants to know if people are better at this game than me. Because like she asks me some of these questions sometimes. Like She'll come up randomly when I was working from home, more so especially. And she'll be like, I'll give you a kiss if you can answer 10 of these questions. And then she asked me like 10 of these questions. And I am not very good at it because some of them are ridiculous. And you had to have been paying attention to WWE in the last 10 years. And I haven't been paying as much attention. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm going to ask a few from here. We'll see how it goes. And if not, we'll move on to some other stuff. So hope you're ready. Here we go. Um, Let's see. Hey, are we gonna? Hey, before we get started, are we gonna give the chat time to answer, or are we just gonna roll roll into it? Because there's a little bit of a delay. Oh yeah, we should uh, we should definitely give the chat time to answer. Ten questions for a kiss, Ryan. That's right. That's how we played yes. it. All right, so we'll start off. We'll start off simple enough. Who burst into Brian Pillman's home during an infamous live edition of Raw <laughs> in 1996? I'd have got that one. Anybody? Uh, Rob? Anybody? Wow. Well, Rob first of all, well, I'm just going to stick with the one card then. I know. And... Uh, we're going to give the chat, right? We're gonna... <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, just like that. Chat, chat's on it. <laughs> chat's saying. There's I not much of a delay. A lot of, lot of Steve Austin. In the chat for this one, yeah. You guys yeah. agree with the chat? Unfortunately, unfortunately, it was Booker T. Sorry, guys. Mm. Yep, sorry, it was Booker <laughs> T. 
Uh, no. Okay. Min- all right. All right. Midnight fine. Rider. Yeah. Give uh, us something hard. Who did Shinsuke Nakamura? Who did Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> defeat in his WWE debut at NXT Takeover Dallas? Oh boy. Uh, there's no multiple choice, right? We just no multiple choice on these. You just have to know. Uh, I feel like Front Row will know this. Wait for no Googling. Time. Don't you Google Steve it. Austin. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I saw Jedi question. Warrior saying uh, Steve Austin. <laughs> Ryan Arata throwing in Sami Zayn. Ricky Donis throwing in Sami Zayn. Yeah, uh, you guys are right. It is Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is who Shinsuke Nakamura defeated in yeah. his debut. Ryan Romano Googled. Our bot just said Ryan Romano Googled. <laughs> no, Ryan Romano I told uh, you you're disqualified <laughs> <laughs> alright some of these are older than I remember them being like for instance who did Randy Savage sorry whom did Randy Savage defeat to become the macho king uh, who is the person ooh, that Randy Savage was it, beat uh, uh, Haku Jared. was it Haku or Harley Race do you know that that's those were my first two guesses too? And the answer is no, apparently, on that. My wife asked me this one the other day. Ooh, Jonathan Darwin popping in with a Jim Duggan, he says, right there. Uh, well, Terry we McDermott seconds that. Yeah, we're getting some Jim Duggins in the chat. Oh, Scooby said yeah, well, Jim Duggan. Googlers. I'm going to uh, have to confirm Googlers. it was <laughs> Googlers. It was Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan right. is the answer to that question. All right. How about this? Who threw in the towel for Bret Hart when he lost the WWE Championship in a submission match to Bob Backlund at Survivor Series 94? Who threw in the towel? Rob, I feel like you would know that one. I do. Well, then answer the question. I'm letting the chat answer. Ricky Donna says Owen Hart. James Lawrence says his His mom. mom. Ryan Romano says Owen Hart. Front Row says Owen. Jonathan Darwin says Martha Hart. We're getting some different answers here. Ooh, we are getting some different answers here. Will and Rob, you're going to have to weigh in and see if you can get this right. I'm leaning towards Mama Hart. Okay, Rob say a British Bulldog, maybe. It was actually it was it was actually Helen Hart. Helen yeah. is uh so I mean that's right. Yeah, uh Helen is 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 the person who threw in the towel. Oh, it did convince her, so that may be what some of you were uh uh thinking of. But yeah, Stu and Helen are, are Brett's uh parents. So yeah, Helen Hart. Um, here's a good one. WrestleMania two. Who was the heavy metal legend that managed the British Bulldogs? Mm. WrestleMania two, which heavy metal legend managed the British Bulldogs? Heavy metal legend. You guys know this. 
Oh, uh, we got Alice Cooper. Got some I don't knows. Alice Cooper is a good guess. I think that's I think actually like who I guess. By the way, uh, by the way, two weeks two weeks before uh, um, Petra was born, my wife and I got the chance to see uh, Alice Cooper. We've seen Alice Cooper six or seven times. We got to see him like two weeks before Petra was born at Memorial Coliseum here in Chattanooga, and so she came out like she was born to love Alice Cooper. But Alice Cooper is not the answer for WrestleMania two. Well, the answer, I believe, is Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Jonathan Darwin said Cooper was WrestleMania 3. Ryan Wilcox said Alice Cooper. Uh, the correct answer is Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne managed the British Bulldogs at WrestleMania 2. We'll hang in, uh, we got, we'll hang in for uh, WWE for this last card here, and then we'll move on to something uh, uh, different so we we could mix it up for you folks uh in the trivia categories but can you tell me who the first music group was to perform at a wrestlemania first music music group, group? yeah it says group? who was the first music so group cindy lopper cindy lopper doesn't count with the i'm not answering any of those questions rob you're gonna have to figure it out and no googling I'm watching you, Jonathan Darwin. No Google. Ricky Donna. Ricky Donna. Rob's checking out Brian Solomon's pro wrestling FAQ. James Lawrence says Motorhead. <laughs> I don't know where Front Row is, but he's probably <laughs> off on his Google machine. <laughs> Terry says Cindy Lopper. Well, you said group, which is throwing me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I did say that. Um, what about the? Can we say the Cindy Lopper, Cindy Lopper in the game, or the Cindy Lopper band? Um, I it's, it, what what makes me feel good about this is that you guys are answered a lot of the same ways I did when I didn't get my kiss. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the okay. actual answer is I'm seeing a lot of no ideas. Uh, front row says Lip Biscuit. It was uh, the first ever WrestleMania. It was actually Run DMC was the oh, first wow. music group to perform at a WrestleMania. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Cindy Lauper was at the first WrestleMania. I don't know if she performed and, you know, but maybe they're going with a group. Rob is, uh, is activated the, this is pro wrestling social media and he's guessing one direction. Mm-hmm. I see that in the chat. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this? Which superstar competed in his first Money in the Bank ladder match at 57 years old? Which superstar competed as their first Money in the Bank at 57? Oh. Jacob Bieber. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Horn in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. There we are. Lovely couple in the picture. Uh, she says, I should have known that. I gave you that question. She read these. Great picture. The chick, the chick, the chick's hot. The, the guy looks homely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm seeing Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat. 
Jerry Lawler. First, 13 to 3, by the way, guys. 13 to 3. Uh, okay. First Money in the Bank ladder match. 57 years old. Who was the wrestler? We got some answers in here. Ricky Dada agrees with Jerry Lawler. Front row says Ricky Steamboat. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> that. All right, Robin Will, you're gonna have to guess. The chat's all over the place. Who you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Lawler. I think that makes sense. I'm gonna say Wahoo McDaniels. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Red saying Dusty Rhodes. So this makes sense. Uh the correct answer is Ric Flair. Ric Flair uh competed in his first Money in the Bank ladder match at 57 years old. Dr. Red with Jake Roberts, too. I, I yeah. that would took me off guard, but anyway, yeah, that's wild. All right, so this past week on NWA Wrestling, we saw the debut of Power Surge, and if you're paying attention to social media, Nick Aldis tweeted out about Power Surge. If you're a fan of primetime wrestling, that's kind of the vibe that we're going for. Um. Speaking of primetime wrestling, do you know who hosted the first episode of primetime wrestling? Who were the hosts of primetime wrestling? Oh, Vince McMahon. No, Bobby Heenan. The first one? It says, who hosted the first episode? I'm just spitballing. I, I feel like Vince was one of the hosts. Vince and uh, Gorilla. You're doing a great job, Gorilla. We'll see what the chat says. I feel like Rob's saying something, but he's muted. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. I would say, uh, I'd probably say like Gorilla and Vince also. (laughs) Interesting. Terry says uh, Vincent Bruno. Ricky Donna says Heenan in Monsoon. Damian Redmond says Lord Alfred Hayes. Could be him. The correct answer is actually, I don't even know who the first guy is. So, Rob, you might be able to educate me here, but Jack Reynolds is one of them. And Jesse Ventura. Ah. uh, Governor Ventura. Yeah. They hosted the first episode of Primetime Wrestling. Uh, front row says Alyssa Marino and Todd Kennelly, but that is incorrect. Uh, although, but we would take it. James Lawrence had said Vince and Jesse. I've got to close show enough. you guys. James Lawrence got it close. Pick this up. Uh, check that out, man. This is oh, WWE man. Masters of the Universe. Nice. Rowdy Roddy Piper, evil hot rod figure I picked up yesterday. How cool is that? That is cool. I do like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I was giving the solo layout for you, but I was trying oh, to do that. Go. Go ahead. Let me get it again. Let me get it again. Uh, communication on the show is impeccable. Looks like you got like a uh, – hold on. Let me adjust my – So say it looks like he's there got a go. skid disease. Got a little, like, let's got, let's got, a little comic, <laughs> got a little comic book or something in the back, and then you got uh, you know, his uh, hot rod shirt, got his little loincloth, his little – his little Scottish Tom Latimer loincloth there. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. I saw this. I had to have it. It's over there by the bar, by the bar in the uh, studio. In the, uh, 
the studios of Piper's Notes. All right. Well, the final question on this card, and we'll move on to something different for a minute. Uh, who challenged Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship in the very first Saturday night's main event? Who challenged Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship in the very first ever Saturday night's main event? Mm, big boss man love Ryder Romano very cool Rob you picked that up after eating your $75 lobster <laughs> got him <laughs> yeah he eats his lobster and then they go toy the lobster yeah. the, lo- the, 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 seven, the lobster wasn't 75 that was like a 130 the, the whiskey tasting we went to today was $75 uh, alright so I'm seeing all kinds of names here I love this alright Don Morocco from James Lawrence and we got Terry McDermott saying Orndorf. We got Ryan saying King Kong Bundy, Ricky Donna, Andre the Giant. We got another Orndorf, a Bad News Brown, a King Kong Bundy, another King Kong Bundy, Andre, Andre. We got a Bob Orton from This Is Pro Wrestling. Who put that in there? <laughs> Not me. It must have been Dr. Rob Stinson. I only ask because that's actually the correct answer. The uh, the first ever challenger to Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship on uh, Saturday night's main event was Cowboy Bob Orton Sr. So the daddy of Randy Orton. All right. So, so some of you man. folks are going to appreciate more of this now. Um, let's throw to here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Name that tag team is this game. This is for Will. This is for Will. But I'm here. Who were the members of the American Males who wrestled together from 1995 to 1996? You couldn't get any more obscure. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to... I'm putting my answer in right now. Hold on. <laughs> Bagwell and Riggs. Bagwell and Riggs. That would be not not Buff, but Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. Can I answer? I'm sorry. Well, you, can, right you can also down at the bottom there, you can take off that all so it doesn't post for us three times. What's on? Well, I guess you should. You should leave it. Just I'm, I'm going to post yeah, all of it. I'm going to post everything. But you weren't the first. Damian Redman actually jumped in with Riggs and, and Bagwell there. Yeah, but I was the first to say Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. And I can ah. sing the theme song. I can sing the theme song. American males, American males, American males, American males, American <laughs> males, American <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, who were the members of? Well, oh, oh, by the way, uh, Rob is is right. Although I appreciate Jonathan Darwin throwing in there, Rob Stitson and Gary Horde. That would never work. It. it would never work. Um, I mean, worst tag team ever. Uh, let's see here. Who were the yeah, members of the Colossal Connection, man? Yeah, you jealous? Come on now. We'd be all right. We wouldn't agree on everything, yeah, yeah. but Kratos and, and Stevens don't agree on everything, you know? So, sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out. 
(laughs) (laughs) Who are the members of the Colossal Connection who wrestled together from 89 to 90? Was it? I have have multiple choice, or do you guys not want the multiple choice? Andre and Haku, says Rob. Uh, (laughs) And so does Terry. Ricky Donna doesn't remember that. Damien says Haku and Andre. James Lawrence says Andre and Haku. You're all right. Yes, it is Andre and Haku. That was the colossal connection. All right. Wow, you guys are doing great. All Here, here's one. Lasted. Here's one. Who were the members? Let me ask one. Okay. Who were the members of who are <laughs> No, no wrong answers here. I want to know all the <laughs> members of the true fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there are wrong answers. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, wrong, no wrong answers. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's Michael P.S. Hayes and Terry Bam Gordy. I mean, that's the that's the actual Freebirds. That's not what the, this uh, the official this is pro wrestling page says. <laughs> <laughs> do you know for the commercial we're working on i actually i tried to i tried to find that clip of you getting frustrated about that i maybe, My man, I, maybe james lawrence, he knows james lawrence knows uh, you know yeah well Rob Gosh, trying to is, politicize trivia to get his agenda over. Ricky Donna says it's just Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. I thought it had Jimmy Garvin. They might tell me. They might tell me Terry. <laughs> Doctor Red says it was only Buddy Roberts. And uh, wait, you you effed me. Dr. Red happens to know Haku, by the way. He spoke to him about the Colossal Connection. So we have confirmation. So stop doubting me there. I'm just giving you a hard time, Terry, uh, Terry McDermott. I know what you meant, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know we love you, bro. <laughs> he, said, he said, the gorgeous one himself, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. We were at a... a where were we at? We we were at, oh yeah we were at the um, the high school we had a high school doubleheader the other night uh, Ridgeland versus uh, Northwest Whitfield baseball doubleheader and like every every inning change they played uh, um, sharp dressed man and I was telling my buddy uh, Travis Allison who's a big Braves fan too I was telling him like man this is Jimmy gorgeous Jimmy Garvin's theme song man one of the truth free birds the truth. True <laughs> <laughs> Screw with uh, Gary. <laughs> uh, Ricky Donner remembers Terrence Garvin in World Class. And he was Terry Garvin in Global Wrestling Federation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I hear you, Jonathan Darwin. If you, if you had held out for just another minute, but since he said it, let's throw it in there. The uh, more obscure tag team. Who was the Can Am Connection? Who are they? Oh, hold on. I got this. <laughs> don't be Googling. You can answer out loud. You can answer out loud, Rob. You don't have to type it in. Yeah, you're, <laughs> no, you're wanna, a part of the show. I want, I want to, though. 
I want to type it in. It makes me feel like more part of the show, more part of the the, the <laughs> more part of the uh, uh, the community. How does that make you feel more? Okay, yeah, I get that. Okay. James Lawrence says it was Rick Martell and Tom Zeno. <laughs> oh, Martell and Zeke. See, you're slow when you do that, Rob, because Damian Redmond beats you every time. He's already on it. Rick Martell and Tom Zeke says this is pro wrestling. This is bull. James Lawrence, I'm just picking on you, buddy. I know your phone's on yeah, or something. Why do you hate this game? The the correct You're answer. Doing well. You're doing good. Is at it, You're good. It's it is, it is uh it is I Tito can't get Santana, my junk in on Rick time, Martel. man. Tito Santana, Rick Martell, the KM connection. I'm just kidding. No, that's Rick Martell and Tom Z. What was uh, Tito Santana, Rick Martell? Strike Force. Were they Strike Force? I think that's who those guys were. Oh, sorry, Dr. Red. Dr. Red was first. Read. He says. <laughs> Read. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Gary. He's so angry. Dumbass. <laughs> well, there's a question here about who was Harlem Heat, but I feel like that's real easy. But feel free to jump in if you know who Harlem Heat was. <laughs> Front row. Dr. Reed Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I like I love it. We should do some we should do NWA fam trivia. Oh man, like who are members of the NWA fam? <laughs> yeah. Who uh who's the dumbass now? <laughs> <laughs> we got some beef going down. Oh. Oh, come on. Rod Simmons and Butch Reed says James Lawrence. Harlem Heat, James Lawrence. Yeah, a little confused. It's all right. It's late. <laughs> That was good. Harlem Heat. <laughs> that was actually going to be a question. Oh, that's later. great, man. <laughs> oh, he's, the, he's oh, kidding. That's the funniest he's thing. <laughs> I wish you weren't kidding, man. <laughs> oh. All right, let's, let's throw it to Ricky Dotta here. Mug, he said, Wait, all right. So it's Booker T and Stevie Ray. We'll give it to Dr. Red since he's the first person who actually got it. Let me be myself. Wow. Hold on, man. How are you doing that? What? <laughs> Did you see that? It was like muted for a second, but you can still hear him. That was wild. Uh Jonathan Darwin oh. says Stevie and Booker T. He wants bonus points to know that Simmons and Reed were doomed. So there you go. You don't just get to make your own question. Hey, and uh, Scooby asks this, but wasn't there a third member? Of what? Harlem Heat? Harlem Heat? Yeah. Oh, you know what? There was they, a point they where. They were a faction at one point. Well, I remember with Stevie Ray, they were feuding with Stevie Ray, I think. And there was another guy. I want to say it was the former Ahmed Johnson, but he was under another name. Uh, let's see. I'm going to Google I it. I just remember that. I just remember that vaguely. And then when Scooby said it, I wasn't going to say anything because I was like, man, I'm probably just, I've seen so much wrestling. It's just all flowing together. But yeah. So Big T. Big T. You're yeah. right. 
Dave Scooby. It was yep. Big T, Ahmed Johnson. I remember that. And the Ebony experience was Harlem Heat. I did not know that. So speaking of doom, speaking of doom. Oh, uh, they were feuding, oof. side note, over the T. Because Booker T mm. was Booker T, and then Big T wanted to have the T, and then they had a lawsuit. They were, they were, they were feuding over who, had to, who got to have the T. Go ahead, tea. Rob. You look so offended. I was just going to ask, do you, do you remember who defeated Doom, forcing them to unmask? I do. No, That was no, the Steiner brothers. Oh, no, no, no you, not you, Will. I mean, you can't ask me? Okay, sorry. I'm not asking you. I'm asking the, the community. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so you got to clarify. <laughs> we'll we'll you can't jump in on the tag team trivia. If you want to answer, put put it in the chat. No, I don't play that way. Uh, Lawrence says Steiner brothers. So does Ricky Dada, uh, Dada and Damian Redmond. They all say the Steiners. Well, runners on first and second okay. with two outs. Pablo Sandoval <laughs> at the bat. What is he talking? Rob. 13 to three. Uh, sorry. Terry sorry, says he fell asleep during that match. He actually says he feel asleep. Well, yeah, okay. he didn't say he feel asleep. Uh, what he said. Rick what Scott said, Steiner bro. says, Dr. Rick. Rob, what's Rob, it the Steiner? Are you going to tell us the answer? You're going to focus and tell us the answer. If you go ask the questions, the answer is the answer is the Steiners, man. Oh, we'll, God. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Uh, let's give Ryan Woo! Wilcox some time here. He's asking what tag team formed in the Florida in the Florida in the NWA and went into WWF to win the tag titles from Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch. Part two, who'd they lose the titles to? Tag team formed in Florida, NWA, went to <laughs> WWF, beat Adrian Adonis uh, and Stop Dick Murdoch. Stop it. I know this. Yeah, he's got it in the chat. Terry, don't worry about him. He knows what you meant. <laughs> We're just having a good time here. What I do? Wyndham and Rotunda, says James Lawrence. Damn it. I, I, Rob, I got my junkie in. Type? God. Uh, it's not taking me, I got it in. It's just taking forever to send. Well, why are you typing it in? You don't have to type it in. <sighs> I, but that's well, that we're trying to give rules. everybody a chance. Well, y'all missed part I B. I think my I think my my metal door is is causing a delay on my freaking connection because every time, whatever, man. Who did they lose the titles to? Who did they lose the titles to? That's the next question. I, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, boom! There right. it is. Iron Sheik and Volkov. Uh, I hope. I hope Ryan's still in the chat because we can't Google. So Ryan Wilcox, I hope you're 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 with us. David Redmond says Dream Team. Yeah, people are. 
that was one of the questions, by the way, James Lawrence, is uh, who is the dream team? So that's done. That was my next That's one. the question? Well, it's over now. James <laughs> Lawrence already said. No, James Lawrence said they lost the belts to the dream team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg they Valentine. They did not. But they did. He, Eventually, they got it back. They got it back, but they lost it to Volkoff and Iron Sheik first. But, wow. And Ryan the, Wilcox and, says and the, Rob the, is the, correct. Ryan Wilcox is I confirmed. Am correct. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> oh, great. Beefcake BK, right. and Valentine are the dream team. Who were the Allied Powers? Wrestled in 95, the Allied Powers. Stop Googling, Rob. I'm not. I'm <laughs> typing in the thing. Damien still Gosh, beat man, you, though. Damien so beat you. Damn, <laughs> y'all see me typing. Y'all see me typing. No, man. But when this is how. But this in. is. No, this is how Rob types. <laughs> my dad. That's how Rob types. My dad calls I'm that. Uh, it's a tilt line, bro. Yeah, when yeah, you're doing that, I'm like, my dad's like, He's you're one of you're one of those. Uh, Prostitute typist is what he says. <laughs> you're all this prostitute typist. And you say, like, what are you talking about? And he says, You're uh, you're hunting peckers, you know? Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's a my dad joke. That I didn't even get nothing out of Rob out of I've that. Yeah. He makes that same joke. Does anybody know who the rockers were? <laughs> Oh, uh, that was is that, a uh, is that an triple, question? triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. Shawn Michaels and Triple H is and Ricky Morton yeah. and Ricky Morton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do this they one managed, as an official question. They were managed question, by Alice, Alice Cooper. What about Rhythm and Blues? Who are the members of Rhythm and Blues? Ooh, what year? Rhythm and Blues. Just- yeah, what year? Give me a year. Uh, close the tab. Uh, eighty-eight to ninety-one. Who are the that members of be... Rhythm and Blues? I got who it. Wrestled together from eighty-eight to ninety-one. <laughs> You're already too late. You lost out to uh, Damian yeah. Redman again. Yeah, I was gonna say Honky Tonk Man, but I didn't. I didn't know Valentine. Scooby's in there. Red's in there. James Lawrence is in there. Honky Talk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine is the answer. Ah, and then finally Rob. There it is. <laughs> and then finally Rob shows up. Oh, all right, all right. All right, we'll do a... Uh, you want to do a... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, WWLTD. You you also, you had that right at the... That right at, at like the same time as Damian Redmond, so correct. All right, let's do some stable questions. You guys ready? You want to keep going? Yeah, let's roll. Which of these people has never been a member of the Four Horsemen? Oh, I got this. Hold on. I got it. 
All right, I'm going to wait for <laughs> Rob to answer this. from this list. But uh, anyway, so I figured this would okay, be easy, ahead. but here we go. Sting, Bobby Eaton, Paul Roma, Kurt Hennig. Dr. Red says Sting. This is pro wrestling says Eaton. Eaton what? You can't say Eaton Henny. Oh, Eaton. <laughs> <laughs> it is Bobby Eaton. Uh, everybody chime in now. Uh, WWLTD says Eaton and Hennig, but Hennig uh, uh, was a Hennig. member of the Four Horsemen. For about a week or two, yeah. he was, yeah. And I hate, I hate it, but he was. Hey, what I is think that? He is that, that Hunter? Is that is that Evan Williams? You you sipping on there, uh, Gary? That Hunter proof? Is that white label? Uh, that no, that's uh, a Bic Ultra. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say that. Look. That's a, I, I hadn't drank right beer in that. Look how dark. I hadn't drank anything in like a week. And I busted it out for today. He has Tried to drink to, when he talks to us, Rob. Yeah. I know. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Which reminder, this is a just reminder. This is a family show. This is a family show. Dr. Red trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Donna said he hated that hitting turn on the horseman. Uh, I thought he would make a good member of the horseman. Did you not? Like, mm -hmm. I thought he fit in. Yeah. Gosh, he seemed he seemed like a natural. I always felt like you know Malenko perfect. and uh, Benoit would be great horsemen, and then Hennig would. What I hated most about that, it's not the heel turn because it was kind of part of it was like, hey, that's sweet revenge. They've been doing that to people for years. Now, finally, the NWO, NWO did that to them. Well, I did not appreciate them cutting the, the arms off of Flair's robe. I thought that was highly disrespectful. And if you listen to some of the interviews and stuff, like Flair did too, that wasn't part of any kind of like booking backstage or shot calling. I mean, that was like, that was a, it was a, it was, Flair took offense at it as he should have. You don't disrespect Flair's robes. Which ECW stable included members such as. <laughs> what what yeah, is Rob? What are you doing? Uh, Rob's waving his hands around if you're listening at home. Uh, Rob's waving his hands around like something smelly. Uh, which ECW stable included members such as Chris Benoit, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Shane Douglas? I could give. I have multiple choice here if you want those. Yeah, you're. I'm gonna have to have multiple choice. Uh, the multiple choice options are, well, Rob, <laughs> Rob's already jumped <laughs> in on the chat. <laughs> what are you doing? You got a fly in there or something? The way, Rob, always got, uh, like a, it's Damian like, it's Redman. Like the doggone. 
David Redmond always sits first there. <laughs> just whipping Doc's ass. That's amazing. <laughs> Where That's did Doc amazing. go? <laughs> but James Lawrence got in there too, and Ricky Donna. It is the triple threat. Triple threat is the answer to that question. That is that was the stable, I mean, right? Like it was Chris Benoit, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Shane Douglas. Uh let's see here. The million dollar corporation was set up by the million dollar man Ted DiBiase in 1994, along with Bam Bam Bigelow, who was the first member of this corporation. No, that's not what I meant to say. It's too late. Virgil. Ricky Donna says Chris Benoit wasn't in Triple Threat. Is that? Huh. I don't know. No, he was. Yeah. Benoit was in Triple Threat. Yeah, on Wikipedia it says uh, 95 to 98. It was Shane Douglas's answer to Ric Flair's Four Horsemen. Uh, yeah, uh, Benoit was one of the founders of Triple Threat. The original Malenko, Triple Threat Douglas consisted and- of, yeah, Shane Douglas, Chris Malenko. Benoit, Dean Malika. There was a second incarnation of the triple threat, uh, which was Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Candido. Mm -hmm. And then later, there was a new triple threat, which was Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Taz. Hey, uh, I got a trivia question for y'all. Well, we're still what in the middle the original- of a, a triple. We're in the middle of a triple threat. But this right is better. A, a question, this is better, a trivia this question is better right man. Now. No, this bro, is, we're this, in the middle this is of better. Hold on. Let's get an answer to this. <laughs> million Dollar Corporation was set up by the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase in 94, along with Bam Bam Bigelow, who is the first member of this corporation. Not one person has given the answer. To this question, I can't remember it, man. I can't remember it. The answer this is the only one we haven't had an answer to. Erwin R. Scheister, IRS, is a, a great lot of people answer. been saying that, man. Dude, people have been saying that in the chat saying. the whole time, dude. Yeah, maybe if y'all chill the F out for a second, let me finish my <laughs> damn sentence. Okay, okay, sorry. But you're saying no one has said it, and then I'm I said a lot of people have said Erwin Arshyster IRS, and then I was okay, still okay. in the middle of the sentence, and you guys started jumping in. <laughs> Listen, I we only half listened to answer, you, Gary. You but it clear. is not the correct answer. That was the other part of that sentence. It's a good oh, answer because he was like, in that stable. You know what, Gary? With- <laughs> Nikolai Volkov. You might have got Nikolai Volkov <laughs> and Bam Bam Bigelow were the first members of the Million Dollar Corporation. Wow, okay. That was a stupid anyway. question. I got a I got a question for you. <laughs> I got a question for y'all. That's slightly wrestling related. Oh boy. What's the brave score? Scooby wins, full cough. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. Now ask your stupid question, Rob. It's First not of all, stupid. Ask it, Rob. It's okay, Rob. Your question is not stupid. Right. Ask it. My question is this. The band Spinal Tap, and there is a connection here to wrestling, but the band Spinal Tap 
What was their original name before they were Spinal Tap when they first founded? According to the documentary, I know you know that you got to know this, Gary. You you got Cinema Schlong, the 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 movie podcast. I know you know the. <laughs> the kind of Google Googling right now. I love no, that he went because from, it was written listen, by Rob, Rob Reiner. Went, listen, Rob went from this is written by Rob Reiner, like, right? The biggest fan of your of your and podcast, Rob Reiner your was movie podcast without, to like the biggest troll now. He, he, since you changed the name of your podcast, he does not accept it. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> blows my mind. I'm psychotronic, bro. I'm psych psychotronic till I die, baby. <laughs> in fact, I'm about to start a podcast called Psychotronic Film Society. <laughs> you can; it's available. <laughs> we'll call it the new, uh, the original Psychotronic Film Society. T O P S Tops, <laughs> and we're going to hand out baseball cards. <laughs> the original name of Spinal Tap, without googling like you're doing right. Look, I see your eyes. I see your eyes, Gary. Dude, my hands are like right here. It's something like, like the new, or it's nope. It's, world. They were the Timsman. <laughs> Like Dr. Ritz said, and then they changed their name to the originals. And then they found out that there was already a band called the originals. Oh, the, so there's a new original originals. <laughs> and then, and then the, 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 the originals, this man. And so they went back to being the original originals, <laughs> but the original name was the Timsman. All right. What's the rest of And you know why they're, the wrestling connection is that Spinal Tap was written by Rob Reiner, and Rob Reiner was a close friend of uh, Andre the Giant. Ah. So <laughs> he tells a hey, story. There's call? that that have y'all seen the have y'all seen the Andre documentary where he talks about how uh, Andre the Giant's farts would like shake the whole bus and stuff, and that, it sounded like <laughs> real guttural. Like blah, blah, blah. anyway. Gary talking about he got a movie podcast. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, missed out on that, Rob. Uh, let's see. The your uh, poll numbers is another... dropping, Gary. Your poll numbers is down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the Varsity Club was formed in the NWA. Got it in nineteen eighty seven. Kevin Sullivan, <laughs> Mike Rotunda, and and, uh, and uh, Doctor Nasty Williams. Later, Rick Steiner. I was about to say, now if I could finish what the next? question. <laughs> the, the whole question was they was were beaten by. We formed in 99. And which He's from Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma. That <laughs> yeah, was who, who, were, who, were, who were the reformed. Uh, Baker Mayfield club. was the quarterback of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got them all right. You got them all, Rob. Maker Bayfield. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it's getting late. Yeah, we're starting to get oh, there. We, we just get warmed up. Hold on, we just get warmed up, man. We in it now. All right, here's a good one. How about the NWO? Is one of the most famous tables in pro wrestling history. Which of these people 
has never been a member of the NWO. Okay. Dusty Rhodes, Luis Piccoli, the Great Buddha, Ming. Oh, Ming. It's Ming. It's Ming. It's Ming. Ming, Ming feuded with. Not Muda, Ming. <laughs> Autocorrect. Powers of Pain. Autocorrect. <laughs> Powers of Pain feuded with the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So everybody's jumping in with Ming, so that's correct. Uh, all well, right. We haven't landed on the spelling. Is it I or E? Uh, they have it here as it's E. It's e. Yeah, it's E. It is In fact uh, on face. Evidently on our uh, on our our Twitter one, like they didn't like that I said Ming, and they like said that they filtered anything that looks like spam. So, <laughs> dang it, dang it, front row. That's uh, a technicality. He is uh, he is the official of this bout. Ricky Dodd asking a question. Does anyone remember the first stable that Mick Foley and Undertaker were a part of? Rock and Sock Connection. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be corporate ministry, right? That that has to. I don't know. That that feels right. Yeah, Rob Rob left. So my uh, Haku my, my says Doctor Red. If you don't know, who's the dumbass now? <laughs> Can you please title this episode on the podcast feed? Who's the dumbass now? <laughs> Trivia night. <laughs> um, which All of the right. following I'm, has I'm taking been... my I'm taking my second bathroom break, but I'm listening. Which of the following has never been a member of the Dudley family? Oh, it's going to be a hard one. Is it Big Dick Dudley, Snot Dudley, Stacy Keebler, Chubby Dudley? I don't Spike know, man. Dudley, uh, Diva Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley. Who's the. Did you say Chubby? Chubby? I'm going to put Chubby. I never heard of that guy. Well, you don't have to type it. Damian Redmond's already typed it in. So always always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But, Dr. But Red also he didn't, ca- he didn't punctuate correct. He didn't punctuate correctly though. We got hey, to have correct uh punctuation and capitalization. The correct answer, the correct answer was Chubby Dudley. No wait. Wait, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chubby Dudley was in there, it looks like. Stacy Keebler is actually the correct answer. Um, it says that Stacy Keebler was Wait. a manager of the Dudley boys in WWE. No, uh, WWE. No. That doesn't no. No. If she managed, she was in. It said Stacy's nickname whilst managing the Dudley Boys was the Duchess of Dudleyville. But she was never throw that out. Throw that question out. out. He says no. All right. Okay. James Lawrence with the fun trivia. Big Dick Dudley wore an eye patch. It was referred to as Big Dick Dudley, the one-eyed giant. (laughs) I love that. Big Doc or Big Duck? (laughs) Well, autocorrect. Just suck it up, Rob. 
The Dungeon of Doom was founded to eradicate WCW of Hulkamania in 1995, and it ran for over two years. Which of the following members of the Dungeon of Doom won the WCW World Television Championship whilst a member of the stable? You thought that question was going to start off easy. I see Rob's face, but it got a little more complicated. Who won the television championship while a member of the Dungeon of Doom? Was it? (laughs) You said world championship. No, I said the WCW world television championship. You don't listen. You try to jump in. (laughs) (laughs) He took himself out of the chat. (laughs) All right. Can we just can we just you know appreciate what? this? Co- but y'all still gonna be hearing me. This? Y'all still gonna be hearing me. Uh, we'd rather just see you because you're so pretty. Let's just appreciate this comment out of context. <laughs> Big dick, stupid fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she James said. James Lawrence. <laughs> that should be Giants. <laughs> James Lawrence. That should be your bio on all your social media. <laughs> you need to start an Instagram account right now, a Twitter account. You got to get on there. Big dick, stupid fingers. Uh, BDSF. Anyway, your options for who won the TV championship whilst a member of the stable Dungeon of Doom are Big Van Vader, Conan, Lex Luger, and the Giant. Apparently, all of them were members of the Dungeon of Doom, and I did not know that, but there you go. Dr. Red says, who's the dumbass now? There it is. <laughs> Damian Redman says Conan, and he is correct. Damian Redman, <laughs> you are champion of the night. You are becoming the champion of the night. It is true. All right. What? I don't care. Um. <laughs> That joke All right, like I got I got like Kenny another ten questions, and you guys can decide. <laughs> Kimber looking like Kenny G, man. <laughs> How was Sunshine true. related to gorgeous Jimmy Garvin? Look at that! I'm going into old school questions for you, a holes. There you go. Rob's got it. Former manager slash wife says Rob. Well. wife wife valet wife 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 here's the official answer they give here they say sunshine was jimmy's first valet the team worked together in wccw and feuded with the von eric family jimmy's main nemeses were david von eric or nemesis was david von eric they really 
went wild on that sentence. David had on one occasion spanked Sunshine in the middle of the ring because of her constant interference yeah, in matches. That. Jimmy it also lost life. a bout to David. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy also lost a bout to David in which Sunshine and Jimmy had to be David's servants for a day. Jimmy replaced Sunshine with his wife, Precious. It was noted that Sunshine was replaced because she was causing trouble in her cousin's marriage to Precious. So the correct answer, actually, how was Sunshine related to gorgeous Jimmy Garvin? She was his cousin. Interesting. All right. Where was Mr. Fuji born? Oh, I see. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, I get it. Uh, L.A. What? (laughs) (laughs) Rob, why can't you talk? Why do you feel the need to type? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Oh, God. Are we losing people? Because Rob just wants to type. Samoa says Damien. Singapore, says James Lawrence. Patrick Griffiths in the house with the correct answer. Hawaii. Uh, oh, really? What? Mr. Fuji was born in Hawaii born in, in LA. 1935. He is Japanese-American by birth. Dr. Red throw it in Honolulu. But yeah, Hawaii was a little more specific. the correct answer. What former manager Coined the phrase pencil neck geek. Mm, waiting on an answer. I just like waiting on to see Rob's answer in the chat. I know. I feel like Rob should wait like 10, <clears throat> 20 seconds, then put type in his answer. But he keeps losing to Damian Redmond anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, he still he still doesn't. <laughs> mm. Yep, Damian Redmond with the first answer. Classy Freddy Blassie is the correct answer. <laughs> and uh Terry McDermott with Freddy. You gotta you gotta Ricky Donna. And then Rob it doesn't count if then Rob. Wait. Properly. Congratulations, Rob. You got fifth, sixth place, seventh place also. <laughs> um, the uh, next question is who led L- Buddy Landell to the national heavyweight title in a victory over Terry Taylor? Oh. Damian Redmond first in here with James J. Dillon. I'm just kidding. He's had a flip over his whole desk. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was uh buddy had acquired James J. Dillon as his manager. At Starcade 85, he led Buddy to a victory over Terry Taylor. In North Kekalaki. Mm. Mm. All right, next question. What team did Sherry Martell guide to the AWA 
World Tag Team Championship. This is a good one. This is this is deep. This is a deep pool. This is for this is for legit wrestling fans right here. This is hardcore history for wrestling. What was the year? Uh, let's see here. It does not give me a year. But Patrick Griffiths got it. Are you are you cheating, Patrick Griffiths? Buddy Rose says, and Doug Summers. Yep, that is correct. He's, he's too fast. He's not cheating. That's too fast. If he's cheating, that's a fast. He's got some fast Google skills. It is. It says Sherry started her career as a wrestler under the management of Jim Cornette. Due to an injury she sustained during a match, Sherry was temporarily out of action. She moved to the AWA where she captured the AWA World Women's Championship from Candy Divide. She continued to manage and defend her title. Sherry held the title three times before she vacated it. She led the team of Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers to a world tag title victory over Kurt Hittig and Scott Hall. The team held the titles until they lost them to Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, then known collectively as the Midnight Rockers. Sherry left the AWA for the WWF in the late 80s. Yeah, anyway. It's all just a bunch of history. Tammy Lynn Sitch was a very successful diva. She led Zip, along with his partner Skip, to the WWF World Tag Team Championship. <laughs> what is Skip's real name? <laughs> it is not Sonny, Rob. I'm sorry. You lose. It is also not Bonnie Donna's. You lose again. <laughs> Rob, two oh. wrong answers is all we can have. Um, it is not Tom Pritchard, Ricky Donna. No, this is this is relevant to the NWA. James Lawrence wins. It is Chris Candido. Bull crap! Bull crap! <laughs> uh, no, Chris Candido man. is the correct answer. That's that. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all wait. Y'all Former wait. Former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. What manager defeated his own team to win the WWF Tag Team Championship? This is a tough one. I have multiple choice for any of these if you guys need them, but... Everybody's kind of just like jumping in there. Ricky Donna says Heenan. James Lawrence says Mr. Fuji. Rob says nothing for once. <laughs> Terry says Mr. Fuji. I think we just thought of a fun game show, though. It's like beat the doc, <laughs> beat the doc Let's challenge. Damian Redman doesn't get in there. William Flag, William Flag, baby, <laughs> coming at you half mast. <laughs> um, no, it's not. <laughs> the answer to this question for all of you 
cats and kittens. It's <laughs> it's Rico. Rico is the answer. Uh, he was forty. Rico is that a person that he exists? used to manage? He used to manage Chuck and Billy. You remember them? Nope, <laughs> I have no clue. What Chuck? You're just saying uh, names. Chuck Palumbo and Billy. That must Gunn. have been when I was. I know who Chuck and them? Billy are, but I'm just saying that's probably when I was deployed or something. And uh, Rico was their manager, his stylist. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, you can use whatever. Oh, here you go. You I got, I got, I got, I got, I got one for you. I got one for you, but I'm going to put it in the chat. You have to read it in the chat. Oh my god! What was the name <laughs> of Rick, the model, Martell's fragrance? You have to read it in the chat, <laughs> even though he said it out loud. And I'm going to answer it. And I'm going to answer it. It's arrogance. I already got it. It's arrogance. I win. Uh, I got it in first. Though. Damn, nope. Remy, uh, Redman's good, boy. Yeah, Redman beat you. <laughs> Redman, good. That's so did Patrick Griffiths. Rob, you got third in your old damn question. <laughs> I got like my junk is like my my BPMs and my SROs on this junk or what do you call them? Uh, SORs. Is weak over here in the country. Technically, you got fourth place on your own question because I said the damn thing. <laughs> but anyway, Miss Elizabeth was the wife of valet. Randy Savage. Randy Macho Man Savage. <laughs> <laughs> what other wrestler did she become romantically involved with? Lex Luger. Okay. Well, thanks for not putting we it in the chat. Rick Martell for the AWA title. Now, Rob's got his own game going on in the chat. Let's <laughs> <Rob's like, laughs> <laughs> get to the end here. Rob started his own trivia game. <laughs> so he's answering it before anyone I can win. see it. Who you always did win your Martell defeat for the Lex AWA title? Luger. Yeah, Lex Luger was the answer to the Elizabeth question. Yes, sir. Did you answer your own question? Yep, immediately. <laughs> I thought I forgot to ask it. <laughs> I thought you asked it. You you asked it again after you answered it, Rob. No, I didn't. I asked, it. A, I, I asked a That's different a question. Are you Whiskey Rob tonight? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. On too many lobster tails. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh, here's Lord. one. Here's one. Hey, ah, oh, man, I got a great question. Ask it out loud question. into the chat. I'm gonna <laughs> ask it and type it. Who is the longest reigning Japanese NWA champ of all time? And I'm talking about. Cumulative days. Hmm. That's a good one right there. <laughs> Is Maybe it Redmond's old at Kojima? <laughs> it's not. It's a Reed good guess, but it's not. Buddha? Nope. 
But don't even come at me with Shohei Baba. That joker had a like <laughs> Yo, 17 days. <laughs> no, not Baba. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Boom. There you go, Patrick. This man also ended the 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 long reign of Dan Severon. <laughs> now <laughs> man ended Dan Severon reign. What wrestling organization did Diamond NWA. Dallas Page begin his management career with? <laughs> <laughs> management career? That'd be yeah. He was a manager for a team. Uh, well, Rob Rob did jump in on this one. Damian Radman was right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that was the. Uh, <laughs> The SEO, David David Redman got in there a little bit ahead of time with AWA. You are correct. He managed. What team did he manage? Does anybody know what team he managed? Yep. Uh, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. Bad company, if I remember correctly. Bad company correct. till the day I die. That's how they, they'd come out. The bad company. Yep. It was bad company. All right, final question of this list. And of the Ernie Roth. Ernie Roth <laughs> managed under two different names. One was Abdullah Farouk. What was he better known as? Uh, the Grand Wizard, right? Yes. Hold on, sorry. He was the Grand, Grand Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> Terry McDermott said, I am seeing answers before I hear the questions. That's <laughs> yeah, a YouTube delay. Now, Grand Wizard, man. So uh, our, our friend Brian Solomon is writing a book right now. Actually, he's written a book. It's coming out. It's on the Sheik, the original Sheik. And I was always thinking, dude, what a great follow-up if he wrote a book on the Grand Wizard. He's another one of like the great managers ever, you know. Very mis yeah. mysterious, just uh, ahead of his time. I would love to see a biography of the Grand Wizard. All right. Well, uh, we're winding down here. I mean, we're getting into the end of the evening. I mean, I've got another NWA trivia thing, 10 questions, if you guys want to do oh, it. Oh, dang. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. I was ready to go. Then you threw them magic words at me. The three magic words, NWA. <laughs> All right. We'll do it. We'll run through it real quick. <laughs> Who was recognized as the first NWA world heavyweight champion? Orville Brown. Nick Aldis. Correct. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it is Orville Brown. <laughs> Our upcoming history podcast is going to be talking about the NWA coming up this week. So you guys check that out uh, when we get to it. Our uh, newest episodes on wrestling slang. That's can, uh can I add some, can I add can I flesh this out for a second, man? Sure. So well, don't say it like that. <laughs> 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 so one of the things that we are, one of the cases that we always make is that the 10 pounds of gold is the lineal title. If history had taken a slightly different direction, and I don't want to make this sound bad, 
We could not argue that. We could not argue that the NWA title is the lineal title. As it happened, when the NWA was founded in 1948, when they crowned Orville Brown, remember Luthez held the lineal title already, not Orville Brown. Orville Brown had the Midwestern Wrestling Association Championship. And Luthez was a, was a rival promoter. Now, let's say Orville Brown had gone on to have a long, illustrious career. Then you could really say that the NWA began in 1948. But tragedy struck like it has many times in wrestling with like Brian Pillman. The anniversary of his car accident was like two days ago. And then, of course, Magnum TA had that horrific car accident. But Orville Brown had a career-ending car accident just months after being named the first champion. And because that happened, Orville Brown never lost the championship. They renamed a new champion, and then they went with the lineal champion, Luthez. So the first NWA world champion, Orville Brown, cannot claim to be the true lineal champion. And if he had if he had stayed healthy, and I God, I wish he had, but if he had, you could not claim that he that the NWA championship was a lineal title. But because he was badly injured and his career ended, and they then passed the torch to Luthez, on the basis of that, we can make the claim that that title now is a lineal title. Kind of like how we say that everybody is a son of Adam, but they're also a son of Noah, you know, because, you know, humanity was reborn with Noah's Ark. The NWA was reborn with Luthez. So the second champion is the lineal champion, but not the first. Interesting bit of history there. Well, uh, up until 1982, the NWA was based out of what U.S. city? Probably St. Louis, right? That is or correct. somewhere in Iowa? Okay. It was St. Louis. Yep. Uh, just because president of the NWA from inception up until his retirement was Sam Muchnick. And uh, he was the promoter who ran the Central States Territory. This is all stuff we're going to be talking about this week, Will. Hope you're ready. How Patrick Griffiths also got that, by the way, in the chat. Uh, we'll say before Rob. <laughs> How many times did Luthez hold the NWA World Heavyweight Championship between 49 and his last match in 1990? Five times or four times? Hold on, let me see. Loop this. One, two, two, three. Just the NWA title, right? Yeah, uh, the, the question is, how many times did Luthez hold the NWA World Heavyweight title between 1949 and his last match in 1990? Are you counting the association, or are you just counting the alliance title? We're going to go with James Lawrence's answer here, that the correct answer is three. Whoa, whoa, hold on now, hold on now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, back three. up. Whoa, <laughs> Sorry, no, they no, didn't, no, they didn't. no, 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 no. Well, I mean, you can pussyfoot around the answer, or you can just go all in like James Lawrence. If you're and he talking did it, about and he the, got the right answer. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance 1948 title, right? Here's what it says: Legend reports Lou as a six-time NW. Let me finish. Yes. Legend okay. reports Lou as a six-time NWA. Chi 
NWA champ. But in fact, he only held the National Wrestling Alliance title three times from its creation. The other world titles he held were the American Wrestling Association title in 1937 to 1938 and the National Wrestling Association title, which he held three times between 1939 and 1949. Right. So this is a tough question. This is a really tough question because when the NWA was founded, and they, of course, they made a mistake by naming Orville Brown, but their purpose was to was to sort of clarify the championship picture. They should have named Luthez the first champion. They didn't. They named Orville Brown because he was a darling of the of the Midwestern promotions, and Luthez was at odds with them. Um, so if you want to argue, like, the championship that they were trying to consolidate in 1948, how many times did Luthez hold that? It would be six. It'd be six championships. Uh, if you want to say that, or, or five championships. How many times did he hold the previous? It was five or six. But if this you is a good point. Damian Redman just title. Damian Redman says so. It's four. So yeah, this does say Legend reports Lou is a six-time champ, but he held the National Wrestling Alliance title three times, and it said the other world titles he held were the American Wrestling Association title. I think one of those alliance the association titles though. When he Overlaps. got recognized as the NWA champion, it overlapped. That third time. So it it would be either six or five. Either six or five. You could make a case either way. Or seven if you count the AWA. But that AWA title is not the same AWA title that was from the 60s. That's a different AWA. So I would say I would say five because one of those NWA titles overlaps with the Alliance title. I think. Six or I will go. With, I'd be comfortable at six or five. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, but I think here. You I, said I'm, I'm NWA you, title raids, three alliance, three association equals six. I'm with you, Griffins, but I think one of those association and alliance titles overlaps. I think that when Orville Brown was injured, I think they passed the title on to Thez because he was the association champion, and so that championship is the same. It's like, you know, does Ric Flair's first WCW championship and seventh NWA championship count as two separate titles? Most people don't count that because when he won this, the, actually his eighth title from Sting, that was the first WCW championship. We normally count that as one title, not two, even though it was separate governing bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's, it's I, this is the kind of stuff I, I love, man. I know I said this is going to be short. <laughs> we got 10 questions. We'll just blast right through them. Yeah. And it's as soon like, as you said that, I was like, yeah. Ah, son of a bitch. I just, I text, him, I, text him my, I text him my wife as soon as you said that. I said, I'm not going to be coming to bed tonight. <laughs> the bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line is that the that best three thing the NWA ever did, the best thing the NWA ever did was pass that title on to Luthez after Orville Brown's tragic accident. That's the best thing they did because what they did was they shored up that lineal claim. If they had, if Orville Brown had gone on, that you couldn't make. I mean, you had a lineal claim, but not the claim that goes back to Gotch and Hack and Schmidt and William Flag and uh, and 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 so forth and so on. All right, so the next question up. This has to be a multiple-choice question. 
is the first title reign of Harley Race came between the tenures of which two great champions? Luthez and Gene Kaniski? Nope. Gene Kaniski and Dory Funk Jr.? Dory Funk nope. Jr. and Jack Briscoe? Yes. Or Jack Briscoe and Terry Funk? <laughs> Funk and Briscoe. You know how I know that? Because, because race ended the title reigns of both Funk brothers. Bam! I'm good at this game, boy. I'm good at this game. <laughs> well, uh, not as good everybody's as... saying Funk and Briscoe. James Lawrence, though, says Funk and Funk. Here's what it says. Dory Jr. won the title in 1969 from Gene Kaniski, and he held it through 1973 right. when he dropped it to Gene Harley Kaniski, Race. Gene Kaniski, by the way. Let me finish. We just celebrated the 11th anniversary of Gene Kaniski's passing this week. Okay, fair enough. I'll let you have that one. So he he won the title in 69 from Kaniski, held it through 73, dropped it to Harley Race. Terry Funk defeated Jack Briscoe in 1975 and held it until 1977 when he also dropped it to Harley Race. Although Jack Briscoe held the title on two occasions, Terry managed to win the NWA Junior Heavyweight title, but not the heavyweight title, is what it says. What? You're reading too deep into it. The bottom line is... Well, whatever this was, it says... It goes like this. Dory Funk lost at Cisco. It says it says the correct and he answer lost it to is Baba. He won times. it technically between Dory and Terry Funk, is what it says. Yeah, I mean it's just not right though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a it's a weird explanation. I don't know. All right, fine. I got a question for you. I got a I got a real quick interview. Let me just finish. Can I just finish this list? Just for Will. <laughs> Will's Bumble like mine. all over sideways over there. I'm. I yeah. I'm about to pass out. Ric Flair was stripped to the NWA World Heavyweight Title on the eighth of September, Sting. 1991. Why? <laughs> Because he signed with the WWF. That's correct. It is the WWF. True or false? WWF false. was a member <laughs> of the NWA. True. That's not what you just said. True. <laughs> you got to stick with your first answer. <laughs> twice. They were remembered twice. They were remembered, then they left when Buddy Rogers was champion, then they came back in the 70s. You're uh you're correct. It right. This man senior was a member of the NWA from well before he formed the WWF WWF in nineteen sixty three. Consequently, WWF and WWF remained a member of the NWA until Vince Senior sold the promotion of Vince Jr. in nineteen eighty three. The upshot of this is that until 
WWF regarded itself as a regional title with the NWA world title being the most important title. Uh, let's see here. 1972, who saw a man who later gained fame in WWE win the NWA world heavyweight title only to have it taken away when the champion's father entered the ring after the match and attacked the referee who changed the decision to a disqualification. Who was this unlucky wrestler? 1972? That's what it says. So that would be during the reign of Dory Funk Jr. That is correct. Uh, Say that question again now. 1972. Someone beat him in 72? 1972 saw a man who later gained fame in the WWF win the NWA World Heavyweight title only to have it taken away when the champion's father entered the ring after the match and attacked the referee who changed who changed sorry who changed the decision to a disqualification uh would that be maybe Terry Funk was Terry Funk in the WWF? Yeah, he was. Terry Funk? <laughs> I'm going to do something different here because I, I left one word out. I didn't realize. <laughs> no, it's just funny. I left one word out that might help you change your mind. I don't know. 1972 saw a man who later gained fame as a WWF commentator <clears throat> win the NWA World Heavyweight title only to have it taken away when the champion's father entered the ring after the match and attacked the referee who changed the decision to a disqualification. The man's father? Uh, would it be Randy Savage? Well, the person beat the champion, but then the champion's father entered the ring and it caused the referee to change it to a disqualification. Um, 70, says Bruno. Von Eriks. That's a good question, man. Um, I see Al Hayes, Monsoon, Patrick Griffith just got the answer. It is Lord Alfred Alfred Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. Dang, that's good, boy. That's good. Patrick's (laughs) a man. Patrick Griffiths. Yeah, Damian Redmond. It has to be Hayes. It is. It's Lord Alfred Hayes beat Dory Funk Jr., and then Dory Fuck Sr. ran in and attacked the referee. The referee changed the decision to a disqualification. And so not, no title change occurred. And the final question here. This is easy compared to that. After a hiatus, members of the NWA regrouped and held a tournament in 1994 to decide a new world heavyweight champion. Who won the tournament? <laughs> You're going to the chat. <laughs> this is that. This is a. Why are you even bringing this up, man? Are you talking about the Shane Douglas thing or the Chris Candido thing? Oh, I don't even know the Chris Candido thing. 
because Shane Douglas won the tournament and then dumped it, and then like a month later they held another tournament and Chris Candida won it. Yeah, it was Shane Douglas. A lot of people don't recognize Douglas as a champion. Yeah, it says uh, like the Shane Douglas tournament was in August, and the Candido tournament was like in October or something like that. Yeah, it was uh, it was Douglas is who they're looking for here. All right, I got a question after the hiatus. You ready? I'm ready. Who was the only NWA world champion never to have an officially commissioned NWA? And James Lawrence, you can't answer this. You're disqualified because yeah, I know you know it. He says and he's I'm, being trained by Griffiths. Shane Douglas and he doesn't recognize his NWA reign. Yeah. Patrick, Griffith, Patrick Griffiths, you can't answer this either. <laughs> you probably know it. But the only NWA World's Heavyweight Champion ever in history to not have a championship belt to signify his championship. The only NWA champion in history to not have a belt. He was the champion, but at that time, the NWA did not have a belt signifying the title. And this is post-1948 now. I'm talking about in the modern era. There's only one. I feel like you did a video on this, didn't you? I did. I did. That's why y'all need to be active on TikTok. (laughs) Front row says Rod Killings. No, he had the 10 pounds. He had Sweet Charlotte. Ricky Donna doesn't know. Come on, chat room. I know you're in there. I know there's people watching. I know James Lawrence knows, and I know Patrick Griffiths knows. They know, but they were barred from answering. <laughs> <laughs> Only NWA champion to not have a belt. So Damian Redmond's got a good guess there. He says Luthez, and and the belt that, that Luthez held actually – Actually, he owned that first belt. It was his belt, but in his second championship reign, he had an NWA title. And there's Terry McDermott with the answer. Dick Hutton. Dick Hutton is known as the champion without a belt. When um, I do when, remember uh, your TikTok about this. When Luthes retired or went into semi-retirement, the belt that he ha- had was his top property, so he took it with him. The NWA had not not yet commissioned a championship, and by the time that that Dick Hutton's reign had ended and Pat O'Connor had taken over, he had never gotten the belt. They actually presented the belt to Pat O'Connor like a hundred days into his reign, and guess who he was wrestling the night that they presented the belt to him? He was defending the championship against Dick Hutton. <laughs> so to add insult to injury. Well, that's a good one, Dick Hutton, the beltless champion. There's, yeah, I saw uh, you. I saw you, McDermott. I, I I gave you a shout out. Yeah, I think they're just a little delayed from like when we're actually saying this. So, like, he thought we were going to ignore him, but yeah, no, we we didn't ignore you. You got it. T- 
you got it, Terry. Um, but yeah, anyway. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. We got to wrap this thing up. It's 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. Some of us got to work tomorrow. I mean, I don't, but some of y'all do. And so I got to, uh, I got to close this thing out. Ricky Donna still wants to know who was not Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Zod Dudley. Bro. Uh, hold on one sec. Just real quick, if I can. Here you go. There, here's a whole section dedicated. No, that's big dick. Uh, but apparently there was. Don't Google that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what's that other tab say up there? Michael Deep. Ex hamster. There's Snot Dudley right there. So Snot Dudley exists. Uh, anyway so he's he's a guy and uh all right well that's it thanks so much for everybody for hanging out you see our names our twitter handles all that stuff uh this has been our three hour live sunday night episode that uh will seems defeated by but <laughs> man i offered well, I just, other nights of the week for us to do this and will was yeah no 10 10 o'clock 10 o'clock hits and it's like I just expire after a day of potty training. I'm like, I'm ready for some, some sleep. So, well, uh, make sure you tell your people about this. If you had fun when we can do more trivia nights, you have to let us know though. Let, let us know what keeps you coming back. What, what you like, you like trivia nights. We can do more of those like round tables about random topics. We can do more of those Sunday nights are for hanging out with you guys. So tell us what makes you want to hang out. And, uh, you want to tell them the topic for next week? We already got one. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say oh, yeah. we're actually point. pointing ahead now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna talk about championships and some of the obscure ones, championships of the past, champ championships we'd like to see return, just championships in general. So I think it'll be a fun night. I know you guys are all belt nerds and uh, loving loving the championship talk. So we're gonna dive deep into that. So do your research over the next week, and uh, we'll. We'll have a, a lively discussion next Sunday about it. Yeah. Front row wants a karaoke night. We'll see. Rob <laughs> Rob makes every every episode a karaoke night episode, though. I feel like yeah. uh Patrick Griffiths wants more trivia. We can definitely make that happen. Uh tell your people about them. Tell your friends, family, whoever, whoever's interested in wrestling who would like this. Make sure you share that and uh share on our tweets or all of our stuff so it helps get more people in here. Uh, Ricky Donna, tune in next week. We'll talk about six man tag team championships, I'm sure. And uh, he has one last question, Rob. Who won the NWA championship in Jacksonville, Florida? Was there like one winner in Jacksonville, oh, Florida? Gosh. Yes, and that's the name that we shall not mention. That would be the Sheik. Oh, mm. the Sheik won it in Jacksonville, Florida. Be interesting. Yeah. All right, he well, whose name shall not be mentioned. <laughs> All right. Even though you mentioned it, well done. We've commonly heard. Yeah, uh, it's about- like it's like my favorite episode. My favorite episode of uh, of uh, 
Scooby-Doo is called Chargar Gothicon, the beast which hath no name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chargar Gothicon. Uh, Yeah, and Ricky Donald pointing out, you just mentioned him. (laughs) We shall not Uh, mention Kabimo's name. (laughs) He actually actually still... <laughs> he actually still has that belt. He actually has that belt, that championship belt. Yeah, he ask Marquez, ask Dave Marquez about the Sheik and uh, the NWA uh, the, World Championship from those days. The belt that Cole Cabana earned and defended valiantly, the Kabibo stole. <laughs> so. Uh. Anyway, all right. Thanks so much, guys, for hanging out. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already, and uh, just follow us and uh, help us get the word out. Come back and hang out with us, and uh, we'll be back on Tuesday night on the official NWA channel. Hopefully, you're subscribed on Fight TV and you're watching NWA Power. If you are, we do the official post show, so make sure you hang out with us then. And if not, we'll see you on Sunday. So come back around, and we'll do uh, talking. Talk about championship belts is what we're doing. So uh, till then, you guys enjoy your gravy cake.